all real jobs, uh, all true jobs, you should be able to do drunk. If you can't do it drunk, it's not a real job. Oh, shit. It's true. Uh, but let me tell you about my crimes. <laughs> <laughs> they can't tell you their names. They can't tell you where they live. But in the mid to late 90s, these five teenagers can turn into animals to fight an invading army of evil brain slugs. Five dumb teens are the only thing standing in the way of complete annihilation. This is Anamorphic Time with Nate and Tyler. Get your hand off my girlfriend, you yerk-brained bastard! <laughs> this is for Daddy. Uh, make it like half the bottle. Catherine Alice Applegate wouldn't want this. Doesn't want this. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And like they're they're like no, stop <laughs> shooting at children. Oh man, being twelve was weird. Getting back to uh, the, d- the line you, you're going to do to a medical professional. Oh, it's so good. It's it's beautiful. And, I, and, and Drew, I want you to come up with your own name for this. Okay. Um. So, you know, I've been I've been doing a little bit of reading, doing my own research about COVID-19. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I've come to the conclusion that, like, you know what? I should just get a booster. <laughs> They're throwing them out anyways. Yeah, uh, sure. You know. Like, you know, everyone says, yeah, it's probably a good idea, uh, but, you know, they only up to a, open up to a small group. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to cut this line. But I'm not going to give my real name because they might, like, try to pin it back on my insurance and they'll be like, hey, okay. Okay. here's yeah. $200 yours. Um, so I'm going to show up and say, hello, my name is Max Titters. Max Titters. Yeah. Let me spell that for you. T-I-T-E-R-S. <laughs> Max Titters. <laughs> So Max Titters here is going to go <laughs> defraud the Walgreens for an extra Moderna. Do, do, do you know what Titters Wait, are? Like, how, are they, I know they're that not they're called... Che- they're not going to check your ID? They're not going to do anything that would... Well, I lost my ID. <laughs> <laughs> Who could get past this iron shield? I am no, Nate, it, and I have no government identification at no, all. No, no, you're not Nate. Don't say it. <laughs> what if you do? I'm Max Titters, okay. and I have no okay. government identification I feel like at all. I, I feel like I have to say this. If you're going for, like, in the blood and immunity, they're pronounced titers. <laughs> it's not titters, which is why I've laughed every time <laughs> you say Max Titters, because I'm like, does he mean titers? Or is it, t- am I wrong? Titters <laughs> is a synonym for giggles. Yeah, it's the French pronunciation. Oh, titters. Yeah. Let me, let, me, titers. <laughs> let me let me show you how the French pantomime titters. <laughs> yeah, it's He's still really, it's, really oh. milking the prostate. It's the same gesture. The same gesture. No, I'm just going to spread it and then. Oh, you, you spread the cheeks and you, you push their pelvis forward. Oh, 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 oh. You know? I should do that. That should really convince them that I haven't gotten a shot yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome to Animorphin Time, everybody. Tyler, what's your your fake booster name? You're going to get one. Oh, right. my fake booster name? Yeah. I thought I was just going to go with Dak Hemi. <laughs> just go in there and be all dumb. <laughs> or Jagil. <laughs> Jagil. Jagil's pretty good. Uh, the Jerahami, I think, is the real answer. Yeah. Like, how do you spell that? <laughs> Free or die. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Drew, you're up. It's it's actually interesting. When I was this this is related, I promise. Um, <laughs> I have a whole arsenal of of aliases actually for similar situations like this. When I had just dropped out of college, um, I was 20 years old going on 21 and I had this job at this 
shitty call center, the shittiest call center you can imagine. Um, and it was doing cold call uh, phone surveys. Ugh. So asking people like what stores they shop at or like my favorite one was that whenever it was election time. Hey, how are you planning to vote in your <laughs> local bullshit city ordinance election? Um, but uh, I mean, obviously, I was never going to give my real name to these these strangers that I'm asking right. about their their shopping habits. So let's see. Um, try to think of. Uh, oh, I actually have. Well, I couldn't find the one I was looking for, but looking through that other notebook, I found one that just is perfect. Uh, so my my alias is Randy Snaps. Oh fuck, Randy Snaps is good. Randy yeah. Snaps, yeah, that's it's, me. It's like, it's like Ginger Snaps, but a little bit <laughs> more horny that's, somehow. That's my wife. <laughs> yeah. It's Randy and Ginger Snaps. Randy and Ginger Snaps. Yeah. Oh man, gross. Yeah, I, I want love that it. to happen though. Any Randys or Gingers out there, I will connect you to. Yeah, we'll we'll get you hooked up. <laughs> And change your last name. <laughs> On a related note, this is a book about love. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a book about love. It's, it's a love book. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, honestly, we don't even need to do this episode because, like, <laughs> when, it comes, when it comes to the fandom of the Anamorphing Time podcast, uh, a group united over their love for a, a simpler childhood past there's there's probably nobody at all that can relate to the sort of generational trauma that goes on in this book. <laughs> no, like this <laughs> we is... all have perfect relationships with our parents and you know our yeah. our place in our social groups here. Yeah, and you know sometimes I don't think any of us have ever really gone to look at a place that we used to love and found that it's been completely destroyed and everything about that life is gone and we just have to accept our own mortality and pretty much the last thing we'll ever do is recognize that we're going to die and that's just it. There's no God. Mm. You know what? The, these are all good points. I think the real answer actually, well, actually here's the real answer. <laughs> Thank well, you. Actually. For the, um, <laughs> well, actually the, the, you need to fall in love with an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Find the dumbest person you can fall in love with them and love them. But, don't, don't like take advantage. This isn't like I'm smarter than you so I can trick you. No, just find the person who's simple and love them. <laughs> but is, doctor, I'm the, the stupidest ch- guy in town. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody will love you for that. <laughs> exactly, it works out for everybody. It's the uh, it's the the Ginny and Forrest Gump situation. Oh God! Yeah. What back in my Tinder days? <laughs> what? Uh, here we go. Like I hated I hate Tinder. I hated all the online stuff. It got to the point where I was so just disaffected and didn't like any of it that I changed my bio to just a forest looking for his Jenny. And I got oh. so many angry people. Oh. Angry, good. No, that's the right word. Well, I mean, a- yeah, they, anger is good. the ones yeah. who got it and were angry were the ones I was attracted to. Because anyone <laughs> who throws aggression at me, I'm immediately going to be like, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. But the people who didn't get it, they're like, who's Forrest and Jenny? And I'm like, Ugh. I got to up my age limit on Tinder. 20, <laughs> 27's too young. I got to go up. Yeah. Because, you know, you see all that shit online. It's like just a Jim looking for their Pam or just a April looking for their Andy or whatever the modern family one is. Yeah. I Not think for me. Yeah. Just, just a Ross looking for his monkey. Just a Sheldon <laughs> looking for his bazinga. <laughs> hey. Uh, so, yeah, we're back to anamorph- anamorphing time. Anamorphing yeah, and we're time. Ba- and we're back with host favorite. I mean... 
audience favorite, <laughs> yeah, but I really meant host favorite guest, Drew. Drew, welcome back to Animorphin Time. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. What's changed since the last time you were here? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Texas is, is no longer a frozen hell. That was uh, good. Good. We, yeah. yeah. We were we were recording right uh, the Horpizier Chronicles right when Snowpocalypse hit. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, we had one of those after you. It sucked. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was bad. We've <laughs> all we've, my fish uh, died. <laughs> we've morphed from a, a frozen hell to a, a disease ridden hell as Greg Abbott um, has overridden all local ordinances allowing for mandated masks. So, and I just want to say. Greg Abbott, we're praying for you. We know you've got COVID. We're praying for the right thing to happen. And here's why you need the alias. Greg Abbott didn't use an alias. <laughs> he, he got that third vaccine and everyone knew it. Greg Abbott, like, we we do a lot of goofs and joke em ups on this podcast, but let's just let's just say we hope you die. <laughs> we hope you fucking die, you subhuman piece of shit. And, and to, to quote a really funny joke made by a funnier person, uh, it's illegal to say that will kill you. <laughs> but this, it's okay, though, because there is a cure. Um, all you need to do is take some Z-Pack Regeneron, uh, vitamin D. Uh, what else is there? Um, Invermectin. Invermectin. That's why I was going to say heart guard. Yeah. I mean, really, uh, no, we, can go back to the, we can go back to the, the classics and really just find a way to put sunlight inside the body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And then... As, uh, make sure that you burn uh, sage. Our dear president says, and uh, make sure you avoid miasma. Uh, make sure <laughs> that you really, you really don't want that. Uh, get some thieves oil. Uh, okay. <laughs> make sure you rub yourself in thieves oil. Uh, <laughs> Spr- a sprig of silver holly, thrice blessed by moonlight. <laughs> uh, but don't. Okay, don't curse the moon. Watch out for Allah. <laughs> 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 do these things make sure that uh, otherwise you're, you're in for bad news yeah and if you've got just a drop of quicksilver i say slide that onto your tongue yeah yeah i mean it worked out for quicksilver <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's get the book we can't yeah, let's go yeah. to the fucking book so uh, let's, let's just get into this story where we're, no, no, um, hold on we're here doing animorphs number 34 the prophecy the prophecy. tagline the tagline being what you don't know can't hurt you Except for the Yerks. Okay, let's decode what the hell that means. <laughs> well, what you don't know can't hurt you unless okay. there's a bullet coming at you and you're not aware of it that can hurt you. Okay. Uh, well, check the- one for Tyler. No, no, no. But like, what is he even trying to say? Yeah, I don't know. Is, as, as far as the uh, the taglines for the books go, this one's pretty weak. Like, yeah. I, I remember. I don't remember which book it is specifically. But one of my favorites is uh, a riff on that classic uh, FDR bit. And it was like, there's nothing to fear but the Yerks themselves. Now that is a good one. That's a oh, good they one. Should, they yeah. just need to repurpose old quotes. Yeah, there's, you know, by book 34, there's really no need to try and be pithy in a new way. Just <laughs> keep replaying the hits. Come on. Ich bin ein Controller. Sorry, I can't. <laughs> I've got to stop doing JFK. I just walk around and do JFK now. Ash like, not. <laughs> what? I look at <laughs> I look at my dog and I'm like, would you like to uh, go outside and have a bowel movement? <laughs> Just looks at me because he's deaf. Aww. I tried to find the British UK version, but I'm sure it's quippy and, and straightforward. Someone will let us know what it is. It's probably like, um, watch out for the Yerks. They will find you and get you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or the, the Animorphs are in a spot of bother. No, it's probably a Churchill quote that they added Yerks to. I mean, let's just be honest. So We will fight the Yerks on the beach 
We will fight the Yurks <laughs> in the shopping mall. <laughs> and we will uh, go it's to an... outer space planets to fight the Yurks. It's an one. ugly planet. A Yurk planet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, uh, it's a Cassie book. It's it is a Cassie, Cassie book. Yep. Right. And, and, you know, like, I've noticed something with Cassie books. A, I usually really enjoy them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, they're not, like, so emotionally draining that I'm just, like, you know, just have to, like, sit down like I do with Tobias books. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, but, like, they also, like, I feel like I get something out of them. Right? Like, there's usually some, like, message where I kind of, like, get some introspection and, like, you know, it's like, oh, this is a nice message mm-hmm. that you have here, Cassie book. Um, and in, in this case, um... Cassie is um, really dealing with her undying love of of Jake and um, committing murder crimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cassie mm. loves Jake to the point that she drew it on some homework. <laughs> what a what an in media res to start the book <laughs> off. We uh, uh, <laughs> we yeah. just roll up into this book with a. Uh, <laughs> a break and enter situation. Yeah, Cassie and Rachel are breaking into the math teacher's house because Cassie doodled a heart around Jake's name and would just be, she would just die straight away if anyone were to read such improprieties. Yeah. Have you ever done that? Like, have you ever, like, doodled, like, you know, Tyler loves uh, so and so, Jen? Don't don't name the girl who took my virginity. Don't you dare do that. How this dare is, this you? This is deep lore right here. This is uh... so a true story about Jen. Oh my god! Back in the MSN days, we were chatting in high school because that's she went to a different high school. She was real. People know her. Nate's met her. Uh, Nate's dated her once. Shut up. Whoa. whoa. Hey. Nate, and I, Nate and I have always been best friends who have <laughs> no weird competitive nature about our friendship it at all. It wasn't competitive. Shut up. <laughs> but, uh, she came to one of our play rehearsals and gave me a card where she drew us holding hands. And the card said something like, I'm peanut butter and you're jelly. We just go together. And I'm like, Huh, we went to Orange Julius once. This is cool. Nice. And so I get home and Wait, I log So on. she did that unprompted. Yeah. After one trip to Orange Julius? Yeah, I'm really good at Orange Julius. Girls have always wanted more after. Um and I go home, I log on to my computer, I get on the MSN Messenger, she's coming to talk to Nate. I'm gonna talk to my friend Andy, I'm gonna talk to Mike, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to Ian Noland. Coolboarder? Sh- I'm gonna talk to Coolboarder seven six seven, punk border seven six seven. And I log on there and I see Jen's login name is Peanut Butter. And I know she wants me to change mine to Jelly. But listeners, I'll tell you, no woman can tame Tyler. (laughs) Did not do it. I left it a Green Day lyric. I will never change. No woman can change me. Only I can change me. Be honest. How many months afterwards did you make the realization that you should have become jelly to her peanut butter? <laughs> oh, I knew right away. Oh, Everybody's okay. like, you know what you got to do. And it's like, I'm not doing it. I'm not okay. doing it. All right. It was, it was, you faced down that elephant right in the room. I had to, I. You did not completely obliviously miss the elephant. I want to die on my feet than live on my knees, <laughs> which is not true. I'll live on my knees. It's fine. Also, as, a, as one more quick aside, I'm curious to hear, uh. Nate's perspective especially, but what was your emotional reaction to the description of this teacher's house? <laughs> did you did you have one in particular? It seemed like a haunted mansion. 
Thank you. <laughs> like, like this math teacher lives in a haunted mansion. It, it felt yeah. like a decrepit, abandoned. Like I got the impression the teacher was a squatter in this house. <laughs> I mean, yeah, with teachers' wages, I wouldn't be surprised. No, yeah, that was no, my no. thought. I was like, is this a statement of some kind? Like the home it's probably is not very described as stately. It's not described <laughs> as even like historically important. Like it's just a rundown fucking shack. It's in the Croydon part of Animorphs Town that we talked about. <laughs> you know what? It, it probably is. It's probably like um, he he bought it with high aspirations. Then something happened. He got divorced, and you know he's a teacher. And then he he's just gave up. This man gave up. <laughs> and even if he reads um, Cassie loves Jake, he's just gonna be like, she does not. <laughs> oh, wait, was it was it a he? Was it? I thought it was a she, but I, I don't, it was I don't a she. I don't think we find out for sure, but I got the vibe that it was like this very sad old woman, like living alone in this drafty, you know. Well, it's the same reaction, though. Like, oh, yeah. she does not love them. <laughs> like, you know, it's <laughs> it, whatever. Like this house, somebody bitter lives in this house. <laughs> but yeah, um, math teacher, they're bitter. They're all bitter. That's why they're math teachers. Yeah, true. Either way, we get something that you love to see. We get to see a Tom and Jerry or Itchy and Scratchy team up, and I love that. Or yeah. other mouse and cat. Name one more mouse and cat duo. Do it. One more. Call mouse me on it. Once, once yeah, come more. on, Nate. All right, hold on, Nate. Uh, you called me on it. Do it. A, a Garfield and um the 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 mouse that antagonist. <laughs> they're friends oh, wait, actually. No, they're friends. come on, fucking Duchess and Roquefort, the Aristocats and their <laughs> friend Mouse. I never would have pulled that out of my ass, ever, ever in my life. Never has there been more than a Jesus Christ, duo. I quit this podcast. I'm too stupid to do it. I mean, like, you know there's right, more. Duchess and Rockford. <laughs> what, what, what do you call the act? <laughs> the <and> aristocrats. <laughs> aristocrats. Oh. Um, yeah. No, Rachel turns into Fluffer McKitty. Yeah. And Cassie just turns into some random turns rat. into David, yeah. <laughs> probably the probably. David trap, yeah. Yeah. And they decide they're gonna steal the homework. Yeah. And they do. <laughs> and it end. has it has absolutely zero bearing on the rest of the book. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, twenty five minutes into this. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. they have to have the intro of like, oh, I'm fighting we, a secret war. Yeah, I'm covered in bird shit uh, always. I okay, actually I will say that the one the one thing that we sort of get a hint of is Cassie is very self-conscious about her morphing. Yeah. And Cassie Cassie is already at this point aware that she has an easier time mm-hmm. with the morphing than all of her friends. Yep. Um, and one thing that I was I was gonna mention actually, here you uh, you know, just bring up the fact that it's a Cassie book, Nate. The thing that I think makes the Cassie books really compelling is that out of everybody, Cassie feels like she is the most normal reactions to everything that goes on like Mm. everybody wants Mm -hmm. to believe that they would you know be a jake or you know be a rachel or you Mm -hmm. know even be a tobias and have like these very distinctive reactions to this sort of horrific situation but cassie is just like the most normal girl out of all of them Cassie, I, I totally agree. Cassie is the most normal one, but she has the same thing that Tobias has, while Tobias is the not normal one. Tobias or Cassie, what makes her compelling is that she has conflict 
in her heart, in her character. Mm-hmm. A lot of the other characters do not have conflict. Sure, like, oh, Jake's got to kill his brother or whatever. Marco but, misses his mommy. Yeah, but Cassie's conflict is internal, and that always makes for more compelling stories. Mm-hmm. Well, here, here's the follow-up that there may be an answer later on in the books. Why is Cassie the best morpher? Like, what, what is it about her that makes her so good at it? They already explained it. They're like, some people are just good at it. I, yeah, I disagree. I, I think that it's because, and, and I think this is the reason why I like Cassie books in general, is that she is a strong, the strongest inner monologue. Mm-hmm. She's able to eloquently describe her thoughts. Sure. Yeah, more so than the others. That's why she comes across as like, you know, the normal straight laced one is because she kind of has control of herself a little bit. Sure. <laughs> I, I see where you're coming from. And I, I agree with that. And I, I, I think that that's an interesting parallel to bias as well. And that mm-hmm. Tobias um, also has a very strong inner monologue, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but to the to the extent that he has accepted his life as as the Falcon, as the Hawk, Red yeah. Hawk, excuse me. Um, and yeah, and so in, in the in the same way, we get the sense that Tobias has more or less mastered the mind of the Hawk, and Cassie's strong inner monologue lets her override the, the instincts of the animals or the the unnatural meshing of the, the mm-hmm. animal self with herself. Yeah, and you want, like, uh, proof by contradiction, who's the worst morphers? Marco. <laughs> Marco and probably Jake, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> they don't really have a lot of... Yeah, nothing going on. on. Yeah. Nothing going on. <laughs> Like, if he could morph into a basketball. Right. It's Marco, when he morphs, looks like every drawing a kid does. It's like, okay, I can kind of see what you're going for. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. But, uh, so, Cassie and Rachel, they have, like, a moment um, stealing homework. They steal homework. Cass- and- they turn into owls, go home. Cassie starts immediately, immediately getting horned up. She's thinking, yeah, I did draw that. I wonder what it'd be like to kiss Jake again. We've done it before, but... Maybe I'd like to kiss him not because I think he was just dead or because because he thought I was just... We've just gotten through the most traumatic experience of our lives. Right. You know, on a date or something. Yeah. Like, what if we we went to the movie and kissed? (laughs) Haha, what if? But all of a sudden... It would be awkward. In the midst of her budding sexual fantasies, we see a shape looming in the darkness. Mm. It's a hork (gasps) bajir. Give it eyes. Go for the eyes right now. Go, Go for, for it. Eyes. Go for the, Go the, for get, the eyes. Get those, get those beady eyes. Cassie's life flashes before us. She's like, they know about my fucking family. They're here. They know. Oh, God. What What are my friends doing? Doesn't matter. I got to rip out some eyes. <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's a similar scene in The Sopranos. I haven't finished it. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. it's, like, it's like if you're like if you're on like, uh, um, what is it when they uh, try to hide you away for being a witness? Witness protection. protection. Yeah. Like it's, if, if you get caught in witness protection, like, oh, there is some mafioso in here. He's probably killed my family already. And now he's coming to kill me. Uh Oh, you just described one episode of The Sopranos. But really, it's more accurately when Tony confronts Ralph Cifaretto about Piomai. It's all over a misunderstanding, but <laughs> someone doesn't make it out of that. It's Ralph Cifaretto. <laughs> oh, damn. Spoiler alert for a 25-year-old TV show. <laughs> right. You went, Forget about it. <laughs> yeah. And then, Sorry. oh, fuck, it's Jara Hammy. Yeah, Jara Hammy, oh, our boy. Oh, don't kill him. He's nice. What's, what's Jara Hummy up to? What's he doing here? Well, he is... Uh, 
Come in to get help from none other <laughs> than your pals, the Animorphs. They need them. The Hork-Bajir need them. Jarhami lets need the Animorphs. Jarhami lets them know. Oh, the Arn is here. No, he says, Alien Cum Valley. <laughs> Quote from the book. Which is probably my fetish. <laughs> and, well, she, she understands this. The Yurks. They She's like, oh, yes, there. I was just thinking about Alien Cum Valley, too. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> no, not Yerks. Uh, Arn. See, on, a, <laughs> on the muscular physique of a hork they don't call them gutters, they call them valleys. Peaks <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> 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 and valleys. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Nooks and crannies. <laughs> Fuck. Father deep. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> An Arn here on Earth? What, what's he up to? Uh, Rachel wonder. Yes to come. Star Wars, the... <laughs> Do not come. <laughs> Do not come. He, he had, had to, to come. He had to come. Star Wars... <laughs> I guess I'm saying it. I'm doing it again. Yeah, let's get a clean take of he had to come. <laughs> okay, I, I'll, let me... I'll, 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 I'll read you in. I'll read you in. Here you go. Please do, please do. An Arn on Earth here? Why? That's the question. What's he up to? Rachel wondered. He had to come. <laughs> Don't laugh. Don't laugh. Star Wars: The Phantom Menace isn't coming out on DVD for like two years. He buys up a bunch of them, takes them home, and makes a fortune. Yeah, he's Arn loved the prequels. Yeah, he has to come. I honestly did not remember until I reread this one. Like, one of the things I love about Animorphs is that it's not afraid to date itself with, with pop culture mm. references. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, like, the idea that, like, when this came out, the Phantom Menace was the hottest <laughs> new thing. Um, well, they, hold on, wait. Don't be dissing uh, TPM, is what I will say. Cool Look, is cool. Okay. Star Wars had never seen such a funny character like this before. Jar Jar is a key to all this. If we get Jar Jar working... Because he's a funnier character than we've ever had in any of the movies before. Oh, yeah. No, you know, you have to make sure that you get George R. Binks right. Uh, That poor guy. I feel bad for him. (laughs) Not the actor, the character, George R. Binks. They just kind of forgot about him. No, he became a senator. Yeah, I know. They forgot about him. (laughs) Yeah. Fans didn't forget. Even even that fucking, what's his name? Uh, From the new ones. Dak Cammy. Kylo (laughs) Ren even gets a plot arc. What's a... Dex- Dexter Dexter's uh, <laughs> 90s diner. Kit Fisto. Kit Fisto. <laughs> he, yeah, he's around. Uh, come on, let's just wow, let's keep it going. What, what do you got? know? A Camino <laughs> Shaber dart. <laughs> <laughs> right, who else we got? Who else we got? Uh, uh, you got um, the... Uh, Sebulba. Sebulba. You got the voodoo. <laughs> you got the, the wacky... Uh, I mean, you uh, got Water the Junk Dealer. <laughs> the, those Let's sa- no one do our Watto impression. <laughs> I'm I was about to say, oh, they got those South Asian, South uh, East Asian uh, uh, trade merchants. So they're hanging around. <laughs> you've got you've got everybody's favorite conehead, Kiati Mundi. <laughs> yep, um, Mace, Mace Windu, Windu obviously. Yeah. Mace Windu. Yeah, yeah. Uh, strong character has a lot to do with the plot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Drew, I, I seem to recall you being a little younger than us. Yeah. Did you did you see Phantom Menace in theaters? I did I see did. Phantom Menace in theaters. I want to say I was probably six or seven years old. So I, I, was, th- I think it was ninety eight or ninety nine. Yeah, I You're, was in middle school. 
you're and, leaving some some story, uh, key facts out about about uh, the Phantom Menace. Shut. Huh? Well, yeah, it sucks, and it will always suck. And I don't care if people like it. Um, I just remember coming out of the Phantom Menace, loving it because I was dumb and twelve. Mm-hmm. And I looked up at my friend's older brother, and he goes, "Did you like that, Tyler?" And I said, "Yeah, I loved it." The, he had the double lightsaber, and he just goes, "Yeah, you would like that." <laughs> That's was a classic it the Phantom older Menace or Clone Wars that we saw uh, with MC Chris? It was Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah, we saw Clone Wars with MC Chris and Transformers with MC Chris. We made some good choices back. Wait, then. like, like with, like in person with MC Chris? Yeah, yeah, he he came to our he came to Eugene where we were living, and he did a concert. And part of the concert was go see Attack of the Clones with MC Chris after after Hell his yeah. concert. That's and awesome. we did that, and he loved it. He was hooting and hollering during the whole damn thing. It was great. Yeah, midichlorians. I wonder how many. You know, that's why uh, Cassie is such a good morpher. She has tons of midichlorians. <laughs> yeah, her midichlorian counts off the no, charts. No, that's cut the tape. <laughs> we're not gonna. We're not gonna do that. I'm gonna make it so we cut it by doing my Watto impression. Here we go. <laughs> I, I was I, this close. I, I was this close. I won't do it. I can't do it. Um, I know what it'll be. No one will like it. <laughs> it, it, okay, fine. Let, let do do your um um Toby impression. Kobe? Toby. Oh, Toby? Yeah, I mean t- Toby <laughs> just talks like a like a normal teenage girl. I mean Toby's yeah. smart. Hey, welcome animals. <laughs> <laughs> you come here to help us. <laughs> nah, uh, the stinkle. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> this is we got to stop. Darth <laughs> Vader built C-3PO. Are you kidding me? Even even more surprising. Our savvy readers will remember <laughs> that the Arn yeah, are the, please. the indigenous alien species of the Hork-Bajir homeworld. <laughs> yeah, they are tiny, a, tiny little guys. Tiny yeah. little guys. They look like Made little of- little feathery. I always kind of imagined them as being like. Somewhere between like a flying squirrel and like a little kind of like lizard or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a great description. I, yeah. I, I always picture it as like if Quado like crawled out of a person and became like a whole whole alien uh, and, and could like fly and had jewel eyes. And he had the three tits. Yeah, yeah. Might as well let's throw that in there I mean, because you don't know what aliens do. <laughs> Toby. Start the reactor. Well, I mean, like, so let, let's learn more about this Arn that landed in the yeah. valley. What's his name? I'll tell you his name. Let Do me, it. Because uh... I called him Queef the whole book. <laughs> no, that's not his name. That's not his name. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me find the page here. <clears throat> I am Quaffigenavon, he said. All right. The species you claim to know is no more, and I am the last of the Arn. Quaffigilon? Quaffigilon. 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 What's it? Uh, Infermediton? What? I need Z-Pack and Quaffigilon. <laughs> <laughs> Regeneron! <laughs> Quaffigilon! So Queef, Queef Regeneron <laughs> comes up and reveals that uh, he is the, the last of the Arn. And, uh, yep. and he wants to get revenge on these filthy yurks. 
I mean, yeah, they were doing some heinous stuff. By doing race science. He wants <laughs> to do more race science. He did a little bit of race science. And, you know, he wasn't the one that proposed it. <laughs> he wants to return to the, the home planet mm-hmm. with the ostensible goal of repatriating the Hork-Bajir and helping them live their best lives. Um, by making clones of the free Hork-Bajir. By making uh, an attack of, of the clones, one might say. An attack yes. of the clones. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> God damn it, no. <laughs> and and who, who's their um, Boba Fett? <laughs> right? he, what, like, why did he come here in the first place? He needs Boba Fett's DNA, a.k.a. all of the Hork-Bajirs, yep. wait, to, so to make this clone wait, army. You mean, you mean Jango Fett? Sorry, Jango yeah. Fett. Uh, uh, Jen- I thought Blue Jen- Boba Fett. Blue Boba Fett. Okay, right. <laughs> wait, so does that mean that Dak Hammy the Seer is just a simple Hork-Bajir trying to make his way in the galaxy? <laughs> yeah. God damn it. You're going to add Fett's vet to this, aren't you, you fuck? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I would never. My back fat. Got jets. I'm Boba. I'm a devious degenerate defender of the devil. Shut down all the trash compactors on the detention level. My backpacks. Got jets. Well, I'm Boba. All that fat. Well, I bounty hunt for Java Hut to finance my vet. I've already done Robot Dog far too many times. You know what? Who cares? Fuck it. This one's off the rails. Fuck it. No, we can put it back on the rails, right? Because... The Aran has come here for th- with a three side quests for our adventure. He's like, I want your blood. Okay. Give me your blood. Yeah. Okay. I want to kill the Yerks. Okay. okay. I'm going to put a dead spirit in your heart. Okay. Whoa, okay. <laughs> there's one more. There's one more? Yeah. Why does he want to put a dead spirit in my heart? Because <laughs> he needs guns. He needs guns. <laughs> you have guns. to go on a fetch quest to find the hidden the hidden gun stockpile. Yeah. Because <laughs> Drew, you're familiar with Aldrea. Oh yeah. What, what's what's uh, Quaffinijon's plan here? So, using the uh, the key item of Aldria's mystical soul jar, his <laughs> the exoclatal. Yeah, the I'm, I'm not even going to try on that one. That they, I couldn't. There's like three or four made up words that okay. are in italics in this book. And can I just read from my notes for chapter four? Yeah, please. Uh, this sums up chapter four perfectly. Here we go. Q man wants. The Altaphylaxal uh, wants two Altaphylaxal Andrea's elixical into a strong lady. Yeah. Right? Like that, that made sense to everyone. Yeah, pretty much. If, if you're okay, a no, fan, okay, if you know, you know. If you know, you yeah. know. Let, let, let's, let's break it down. What is an Altaphylaxal? <laughs> that's the jar. Okay, no, that's, that's the spirit. No, no, no. That's, no, no. that's, the, that's the, the procedure. The, proce- that's yeah, the procedure. The, the ritual. The ritual yeah. to. They're they're manifesting, okay. okay. That's the um, who, who, the yeah. Wiccan, mm-hmm. uh, you know. That's that's how you hex the moon by performing the the ataphylaxal. And okay. again, don't hex the moon. Do not hex Allah. Watch out. <laughs> just <laughs> don't, any god. Don't just don't astral don't project go. and look into don't. Allah's eyes. Okay. Don't try, <laughs> Do to ki- don't try to kill God in general. Like it, they're pretty strong. <laughs> yeah. Um, only unless sh- you have a seven foot sword and a party of anime ragtag misfits. I was gonna say only Shinji can do it, but yeah. you know I've been on that Evangelion I mean, kick, when, whatever. When you think about it, the Animorphs are kind of a JRPG party in a lot of ways. Oh God, this is gonna get bad. But yes, I agree. <laughs> okay, I mean, so I, let's, I, let's I don't continue. Need to dissect it further than that, but if anybody can kill God, it's probably the Animorphs. You know, we we have a, a long glossary to get ahead here. So who <laughs> who is Andrea? 
Drew, this is you. You're the expert. Yeah, you're the Al- Andrea expert. Andrea is the uh, the daughter of Ciro the Fool, the Andalite prince responsible for uh, <laughs> unleashing the the Yerk plague upon uh-huh. the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, as you do when you're uh, you know a, a soft-hearted, well-meaning liberal. Two. And uh, <laughs> so Aldrea, you know, goes into exile, gets uh, plopped down the Horkajir planet. Her family gets killed by the Yerks. Big surprise. They're evil brain slugs. Mm-hmm. And uh, she ingratiates herself with the, the local tribe of simpletons and their their smart and it, older brother, Dak Hammy. And she, she does a dance with the wolves. She and, does uh, a dance with wolves. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I mean, that's exactly what that is, right? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah that's a, or she does. She, she does. A, she's an avatar. You know, she goes into the yeah. new body. Um, right. So she's she be- a. She becomes a Jake Sully, you know, to Zach Hammy's, uh, I can't even think of that character's name. Um, but, uh, oh, fuck. yeah. It's right on the tip of my tongue. Um. I don't know. Uh, fuck it, who cares? Kit Fisto. Fisto, yeah. She does, she does a last samurai. Zoe Saldana. So she, she does a last samurai, dances with wolves, avatar. Zach Hammy is her Zoe Saldana. And, mm-hmm. um, they fuck. Cool. And they make a baby that crawls on her tummy. And what was the the baby's name? It was the baby's like a, name is also Ciro, Ciro. after Ciro. her yep. late father. And the baby Ciro, uh, we learn it's not really that important of a detail, but the baby Ciro becomes uh, a slave of the Yerks, a controller, mm-hmm. or your controller. But Ciro grows up, fucks, and has a child called Jarahami, and Jarahami becomes a free Horkbajir. Yep. Now we, we know Jerahami well. Yep. And Jerahami's uh, daughter is Toby. And yep. to- Toby is special. Toby is different. And Toby the last word the last word is the Ixicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the that's the jar of soul. Yeah, the, okay. the icicle is the uh is the soul jar. Right. So does everyone here understand the sentence Q Man wants to at a flaxcle Andrea's Ixicle into a strong lady? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's uh I think anyone the, listening who's never read Animorphs will know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. Really, that that um, summary is about is about as precise and and efficient as you can be. There, that's high yeah. word economy. So, and who are the two strongest ladies in this in this collection here? Rachel and Toby. Rachel and very Toby. two strong ladies. It's Toby oh. volunteers because that's like that's my grandmama, yeah. grandmama. It possessed me, and, and Rachel's like, and Rachel I want to rip fuckers up. As Marco constantly reminds us, she is Xeno Warrior Princess. Yes, timely she, and relevant female role, role model. Mm-hmm. And and so uh, we have two volunteers. Let's kick off this at a flaxel anaphylactic shock syndrome. Um, <laughs> let's kick off this aflac. And this uh, they, go, they go into a, a spooky cave because that's necessary. Yeah, and. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, they light some incense and candles. Um, they, and they got their crystals arrayed. You know, they got their uh, their essential oils. Yeah, yeah, and they uh, they start the the the, the summoning. Yeah, they and uncork their fucking soul juice. Uh-huh. Yeah, now comes like a little vapor, um, and the, the the vape the vape wave um, doesn't actually go towards Rachel or Toby, and instead hits the person who was just there to watch. <laughs> yeah. Passing. Have you ever been taking a test and totally blanked? You read a question. You know the answer. You know you memorized it when you were studying. But you can't get to it. 
It's like there's a wall in your brain separating you from the information. That's how I felt now, and the wall was enormous, high and long and solid. I was pretty sure Aldrea was on the other side of the wall, but nothing was getting through. I wasn't picking up even a fragment of a thought or a hint of an emotion. The only thing I knew was that something, some force, some bundle of sensations, some object or person was sitting inside my mind. It was as if she was behind me or beside me, but turning my head I couldn't see her. There but not visible. There nevertheless. Hell yeah. Uh, Paging Stephen King, Marco said quietly. (laughs) R.L. Stein calling Stephen King with a message from Anne Rice. Yeah, just throw some more bullshit in here. (laughs) That's Marco. That's what he does. I'm surprised there was no uh, Dean Koontz reference there, honestly. I mean, Marco would have been the kid who's like, yeah, I read Dean Koontz before I read Stephen King. I'm just just different, I guess. So, yeah, Cassie's got Aldrea in her head. And her first question is, did she know she was dead? (laughs) Good question. Uh, She did not. (laughs) No, Aldrea did not know she was dead. True. Yeah. (laughs) She wakes up and is like, where's my boyfriend? My name is Aldrea Iskalon Falon, and I've been told I'm dead. (laughs) Tyler, you're dead. I I know. Inside, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, imagine, like, if you just woke up and somebody told you you died and you're possessing somebody else. (laughs) body. How would you take that? I'd make them get naked and jump in front of a mirror. Drew, <laughs> do you have a real answer? <laughs> well, interestingly, I think that sort of the the answer to that uh, comes when Cassie is still trying to process the presence of this this other being inside of her mind. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on this, and then we can talk about Aldrea's perspective. But Cassie says, "I felt a strange desire to go and press my forehead against Toby's. It took me a moment to realize the desire was Aldrea's." And just like sort of that that disembodied longing towards, you know, an action that you can't explain, I think is a really mm-hmm. uh, just like immediate and poignant way to sort of frame Cassie's reaction to that. Um, and I, th- I think it's it's classic Cassie that like she's about to just go do it. She's like, I have this desire to like go make physical contact with Toby Hammy and like, why shouldn't I? And so she starts to actually go and like fulfill this, this instinct for closeness with, um, with Toby. And then she gets sort of caught up in the mental monologue of, of Aldrea coming to realize that she is within Cassie's head. And I mean, for a ghost written book, this is actually a really beautiful, unique detail Mm -hmm. because you look at humans doing a similar thing. Like, if I see someone crying, my natural instinct is to go over to them and hug them and comfort them. Mm-hmm. When this longing hits Aldrea, her instinct is to go put her forehead against Dak Hemi. And that's a beautiful little alien, mm-hmm. different but similar emotional kind of thing. Yeah. And it's really just a beautiful little touch. Yeah. And it, 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 yeah, because it, es- it was established as well. Like, this is just, a, it's a cool throwback detail and it shows that. Um, the ghostwriter. Let me let me look up her name real quick because I I want to uh, give her give her credit here. But it um, is Melinda Metz, one of go. the better ones. Mel- we've had her. We've talked about her before. Melinda Metz probably told her to do better. Really? <laughs> Shout out to Melinda. But you can tell that Melinda did her her research for sure because um, in the Hork Bajir Chronicles, 
the first time Aldrea morphs a Hork-Bajir and sort of accepts her her attraction and her her physical desire towards Dak Hamby, there's the there's a description of the sensation of essentially a Hork-Bajir kiss, which is pressing the forehead together and letting the horns touch on top of the mm-hmm. head. And Not so, that third horn. That, that, one's, that one's from marriage. You love that third horn. Let Drew make a point for fuck's sake. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I believe that all hork have three horns on top of their heads, so, you know, fourth horn, maybe. <laughs> you gotta order that it doesn't matter how Bell. many horns you have, okay? It's how, it's how you rake them. Yeah, but ain't no one gonna hit my four holes with three <laughs> horns. Live moss. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I'm really sorry we derailed your nice, thoughtful point to talk about horns and holes. And well, I think it's with this book because, like, you know, um, what's the first thing that uh, Andrea gets assaulted with? Pain. Okay, pain. You're dead. Loss. Give us some guns. Are you, can you find guns? Yeah, <laughs> we so, need guns. And, and yeah, so the uh, the immediate the immediate request is be useful to our war effort. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, and so then getting. Chapter seven uh, touches on the, our first point of view chapter for Aldrea. And so this is a, a dual point of view book and that it switches back and forth between Cassie and Aldrea. And um, yeah, there's this, there's this very um, sort of heavy and, and very tired feeling that I get from all of the Aldrea point of view chapters, especially as she ruminates and, reflects on the fact that she's you know just this this icicle living in cassie's head i'm not gonna learn the word um no you don't have to this is we are not the sticklers animorphs podcast we call her andrea who gives a fuck well you you call her andrea i still only gave you guys one (laughs) (laughs) that's that's all nate needs to do it forever jerry hammy (laughs) but yeah i get the i get the sense the the Aldrea chapters are really cool because it's a it's a perspective that we don't really often see in uh, in in young adult fiction and young adult literature, which is sort of this world weary, um, like experienced and and beaten down sort of older female perspective. Well, um, how about this? Like, is this the first adult that we are seeing from an adult's perspective? Aside from like the Hork Bajir Chronicles, right? I mean, like you know, I suppose the adventure. I mean, even then, most of it is like in our. I mean, yeah, they're young in that too. Pretty in Elfangor and Lauren are young. In, in, yeah, in and- the Andalite Chronicles, they're pretty young. We get a little bit of the perspective as Elfangor plays out his sort of like adult married life toward the end of that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think the only other adult perspective we ever get is a uh, point of view. So, for instance. Um, you know, shout out to one of the immediately prior books, the the Tobias book, where he gets the the dream vision from Elfangor, mm-hmm. and we get we get the the adult sort of perspective, like the the fatherly dream vision. You know, hanging their son, but yeah, the the adult perspective is very rare in this series for sure. And so Aldrea is uh, it's it's unusual and it's really powerful as a result. And it's it sold as like this wor- world weary like warrior, and um, it's important for this person to be involved with Cassie because it's just older Cassie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Th- this is Cassie after the war. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, and uh, 
the part of the Aldrea chapters that really move me, a lot of it is how it's written. It reads a lot like an elegy or like a requiem. It's like it's someone mourning their own life mm-hmm. and their own death in a wacky kids book and yeah. it it elevates this book above a lot of books just because the seriousness and the tone because you get stuff like this i felt a wave of sadness from cassie i shoved it away i had no use for her emotions she was nothing to me you get stuff like that coupled right next to was it true if so then dak was truly dead dead like my parents like my brother barafin had I had a chance to say goodbye to Dak, had we fought side by side until the end, I would never know. My axilla had been collected before my death, so the memories of my last moments with Dak did not exist. So it's her mourning her own death, which she will never get to experience. Yeah. That's some deep, heavy, beautiful shit. Absolutely. Yep. And I'm, I'm actually going to correct myself a little bit as well, because at this point, the, the axilla is... Aldrea is a tragic character. Um, I mean, for a lot of reasons, but it's uh, her. Her character is established as you know, arrogant andalite, mm-hmm. sort of the manipulative and and really the more um, kind of malicious and ruthless side of the andalites as she manipulates Dak in the Horkbajir Chronicles and all of that. But um, it's her her tragedy in this case comes because when you when you think about it, I don't. I haven't mapped out the exact timeline or anything, but really at this point in her life, she's really only been a resistance fighter for a few years. So her Mm -hmm. death, I believe by her perspective takes place only a few years after the events of the Hork-Bajir Chronicles. So Mm -hmm. to her own perspective, she is not an old woman. She's still sort of just like, you know, what are we like a 20 something sort of freedom fighter you know, obviously her her experience, like, fighting this really intense, uncertain guerrilla warfare um, is, is sort of the first, the first layer of things that really ages her and gives her this world weariness. But then we actually see that unfold a second time, a second layer, as, like Tyler was saying, she's processing the reality of her own death and mm-hmm. her own uh, displacement in time and space. And the part, as Aldrea's story in this book goes, which I'm sure we'll cover more in depth, the death and the sadness keep coming. Because in this chapter, it's like, oh, Dak is gone. My, just like my brother. Oh, everything's gone. And then later in the book, it's my son is gone. I remember him on my belly as we swung from tree to tree. And he's gone now, too. And it's just... And, but One. and she's like, okay, um, at least the revolution succeeded. At least we did something, right? Actually, no, well, you're le- you you failed, well, and uh, you died, and uh, really uh, nothing happened. Hot take. Without Aldrea, I don't think there would be resistance. Hork Bajir. Sure. Yeah, yeah she but, she but, corrupted Dakami. Sure, she yeah. corrupted him. She also gave them the only yeah, her, means of defense her, they had. Her presence from, was was the act that allowed all the pieces to come together for sure. Is she saying that though? Like no. uh, us as the omnipotent reader, like we kind of see it. But no, we see it. She doesn't know that. She, she doesn't know that. But like, I because think how for, as individuals can we ever know our own context in history? We can't. Totally. But like, yeah. I'm just thinking from her perspective, she's brought into existence because her entire race has been enslaved 
Um, and her granddaughter brought her out of hell to say, hey, we need guns because the thing you, that, that started with you is still going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. You fucked it up. We need your guns to finish it. Like it, It's like um, bringing your grandparents out, out of the void and um, you know the earth is 10 degrees hotter and everything's on fire and everyone's dying. <laughs> and, yeah. and directly caused by something you did yeah. uh, slightly. Right? And, like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, and I, I want to say as well that like ah, this this book is like really really great in that there's it's it's the benefit right of a long running mm-hmm. you know serial narrative you know with with lots of callbacks and everything but like mm-hmm. you can fit so much nuance in in a pretty short amount of space because of the reader's familiarity with previous you mm-hmm. know emotional beats and one of my favorite 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 moments in the whole book is um immediately after that moment where like you said, Aldrea's icicle is reflecting on the fact that she is dead, like her brother, like her family, um, mm-hmm. is that she's she looks again at her great-granddaughter, at Toby. And, you know, at this point, she and Cassie have sort of figured out their their mental link and they, they are able to communicate in real time with each other. And so it goes, Through my despair, I felt a tiny bubble of something that could have been joy. Ask her if she's different, I told Cassie. Hmm. A smile spread across Toby's face when she heard the question. Yes, great-grandmother, I am different. I am different, as Dak Hammy was different. And so just that great moment that allows Aldrea to, to anchor herself in the here and now and, and sort of stop the, the spiral of despair and existential sort of uh, dread there. I mean, it's it's like... You look in a photo album and you see that your smile is exactly like your great grandfather's smile. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't think there's an afterlife, but there's that bit of that person touching me from beyond a time I could ever understand. Yeah. yeah. And you turn the page on that photo album and it's actually him in a, in a clan outfit. <laughs> Man, this makes me feel uncomfortable. I uh, told yeah. you not to mention my family's <laughs> clan association. Good God. All right, here comes the real Watto impression. <laughs> the arm um, quickly outlined his plan for Aldria. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, well, here's the real secret about this book is that um, this, the things that we've been talking about, that's the plot. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. the actual, yeah. the, the actual like adventure that happens here is a vehicle for the emotional adventure that yeah, we're, we're here yeah. for. Which know? is what makes a great fucking Animorphs book. And the, that's, yeah. And I, the reason I was excited to to come on and, and do this one in particular. I mean, A, I, I love the hork Chronicles. Like, the hork Chronicles is my favorite thing in the whole mm-hmm. Animorphs collection. So, um, the fact that we get another little piece of that and another taste of that with with Book 34, Aldrea comes back, the hork homeworld comes back, and we get to sort of look at all of these topics through the lens of, of our pals, the Animorphs. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just, like, really cool and but I, I was I was rereading in, in preparation for the episode, I just went back and I reread like, you know, from thirty up through thirty-four, and like this cluster mm-hmm. of books is a real fucking you know, <laughs> ten hit combo of just yeah. like existential issue after existential issue after existential issue. This is one of the heavier bits yeah. of this series, um, this yeah. run. What if there's evil you? Yeah, that could happen. <laughs> what, if, what if there's evil you 
what if what if you are tortured past the brink of sanity you know well that that one what if your mom trips you downtown (laughs) yeah exactly what if your mom trips you downtown like what if you have to fucking do a rube goldberg gaslight on your mom to kill her you know yeah what if your brother steals a nazi knife and gets his leg broken by a whale (laughs) um but yeah and so this is this is cassie's turn to have the her own unique existential um experience and it's it's a it's it's really they did not uh pace out these really heavy (laughs) topics it was it, no. it feels intentional that we get every member of the gang dealing with like just a real, you know, worldview shattering existential, you know, fuck fest. And next up, we got Marco with a poodle. So uh, I'm looking forward <laughs> to that one. I have no idea. Don't. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's okay, though, because you know what? Um, I, I've come to a realization that uh, uh, I feel bad about the Hork-Bajir. We're all fans of the Hork-Bajir here, right? Yeah, big time. Oh, absolutely. Uh, what's, what, what's their motto? What do they say? Free or die. Free or die. Free or die. And the RN have come down, and they've come down like, listen, we have this thing that will prevent a terrible disease. It's free. We'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing. <laughs> it's it's just, just, one, you know, it's just one to two jabs. And, All right, Max Titters with his three. <laughs> All I'm saying is that um, the the Hork-Bajur are like the idealized American spirit. Um, like I, I'm I'm reading this section. I'm like, this reads like it was just post 9/11. Because we must be a free people, great grandmother. So our freedom here in this valley on this planet has been bought and paid for by these humans, our friends. But freedom cannot be given. It must be taken and held and defended. Our freedom has to be our own creation. I will not wear this mask. <laughs> right. Are you you a- will not muzzle me. Are you a sheep? <laughs> Live free or die. <laughs> and, and and this is like in context uh, that Toby's trying to convince um, Andrea to go on this mission to get the guns. Um, and, and she's like, we, you know, Andrea's is- like, I hate the yarn. I hate and, the, the Andalites are pieces of shit too, by the way. And Axe is like, man, fuck you, lady. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, honestly, the the Axe. So there's a little bit of beef between Axe and Andrea. Mm-hmm. Um, Axe says, like, hey, you've banded your Andalitality. Yeah, yeah. And Andrea's like, you've banded your Andalitality. <laughs> Fucking smug bitch. <laughs> She's right. <laughs> Warmonger piece of shit. The interesting thing, though, is that like Axe doesn't even Axe is not like you are a race traitor. Axe says, you are still my race. You just don't want to admit it. Like right. Axe, Axe right. is keeping her as part of the in-group and saying, stop pretending rather than disavowing her as an Andalite. Yeah, and I really disliked Axe in this book because if anyone could understand Ciro and what Ciro did, it should be fucking Axe. Yeah, and I, I think that, I, think that I, I agree that Axe is probably... I would not have written Axe this way, you know, if I were to write Animorphs number 34, The Prophecy. Uh, <laughs> but um, What's the fucking prophecy, by the way? We'll get to it. Will we? Yeah, we'll know when we see it. I actually, I I feel like the, the title is, is uh, eh, I feel like the title is, is sort of a, a whiff. But, but yeah, so Axe in this book is very much Goody Two Shoes, Boy Scout, Andalite Honor Axe. Um, mm-hmm. and doesn't does does not dwell on a lot of his own lived experience for the last you know thirty some odd books. 
Yeah, and and like there are a couple like B and C plots alongside this that mm-hmm. were just either abandoned or or quickly you know uh, brushed to the side because there was this bigger, better story yeah. with with Andrea and and her coming to terms with her life and death. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. One of those is the For Axe sure. story, the Axe and Andrea story, right? Yeah. Because at the beginning, oh, it's like elves and dwarves; they don't they don't like each other, <laughs> <laughs> but you know they might become friends on this adventure, and they do. Um, and really, like, you know, th- there might be some insights there, but it's never really explored. Well, I mean, it takes up as much air in this book as it needs to. It's a fun side to this heavy shit yeah. that they're shoveling down our throat. Yeah. They are forcing this vaccine down our throats. <laughs> Free or die. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, but the, there's also this other plot that, that kind of gets uh, brought up briefly. Because um, when they're about to do the, hold on, let me look up the name of this procedure. Uh, that. The, at the, wait, Ty, do you know it? The Ataxalacle. The Ataxalacle, that's right. <laughs> um, you know, they all. Uh, Cassie asks this important question, which is, uh, hey, uh, can I just kick the, the ghost out when, when yeah. we're done? Yeah. Uh, and and Arn's like, well, yeah, but... Well, we don't quite know. Well, you know, there, there's probably some way to do it, you know. Right. Yeah. The Ataxal works in theory. In theory. <laughs> right. <laughs> And so, like, there's this lingering thing. Wait, uh, what if this dead ghost yeah. maybe wants to live again? <laughs> yeah, like, Which, will will I ever be able to go back to being just Cassie if if the if the icicle of Aldrea decides to take up permanent residence in my in my ego? Right, which is terrifying. Because, <laughs> terrifying. Like, the, the the scariest zombie movie, and I stand by this, even though it's kind of a comedy, is uh, Return of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Because those zombies talk, and they say, it hurts to be dead. <laughs> and, yep. you know, like, what if yep. it really hurts to be a ghost? And the last thing you want to do is be dead. The pain. What about the pain? The pain of being dead. hurts to be dead and i'm now inside of this you know like young body i still have a whole life ahead of me mm-hmm. i ain't leaving <laughs> i'm staying right there <laughs> i'll i'll yolk, yolk brain this this person why not yeah here here nate is saying that he will abuse the body of a young woman of color Tell it, it hurts Ooh. to be dead it hurts to be dead <laughs> i'm just trying to high road you like you always high road me why do you have a container of like food seasoning on your computer desk. Just cut this. (laughs) Okay. Two reasons. I see it. I can tell it's Trader Joe's. One, I bring like a little plate of veggies and put them on there. And sometimes I just get bored, mouth bored, and just put some seasoning in my (laughs) mouth. Mouth bored. That's that's really, really bizarre. Like, I've never never heard mouth bored before. That's, uh... It's flavor. Just 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 a little bit of flavor to to liven up (laughs) existence. It's like fun dip, but like not sweet, you know. Like just, <laughs> I, just just say, like, I guess I can kind of get that because, like, you know, kids really like Lucas or whatever, you know, like lime salt, uh huh, sour it's lime good. salt. But I, I can't imagine doing that with like, you know, fucking Tony Cachere's, you know, fucking yeah. What, what kind of we got here? Uh, it is lime salt, so. <laughs> chili lime. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, they're on to something. It's good. Okay, all right. <laughs> Oh, actually, I'll just keep this right here. Uh, yeah, I might. If I get mouth bored later, I might just dip my finger in. You want a little bit? You mouth yeah. bored right now? Yeah, here, give me. Here we go. <laughs> Dust. There's not. Oh, oh, hello. Should I snort it? No, look at no, it. I can't. Lick. I can't do it. That's good. Oh man, mm. you shouldn't mainline that. 
<laughs> is your mouth bored now? Nope. Uh, look at my hand. Yes, and morphing time. We can't help if your mouth bored, <laughs> but we can help if your ear bored. Yep, that's what we're here for. That's what we're, we're here those for. Ears. We're getting those ears. Chili lime salt for the ears. <laughs> this episode sponsored by Trader Joe's Chili yeah. Lime Seasoning. More like Speaking of, you should go to bluechew.com slash anamorphin time for free <laughs> shipping on dick pills. I'm telling you, we can get bluechew. If we want to monetize, it's right there. Um, bluechew, okay. audible, wait, audible.com, come on. <laughs> yeah. Um... Okay, so um, live free or die. Um, live free or die, it, but the, I do want to note as well that the the Hork Majir do do pretty easily acquiesce to having their genetic samples taken. Oh yeah, they're, they're like, like whatever. They're like yeah, just just take our blood. We don't have a comprehension of DNA. <laughs> Altix is a strong leader, <laughs> and in this case, I mean, that's, right? in this case, that's Toby. Yeah. yeah. And Toby's like, yeah, take our blood. Who cares? Have some cum too. Whatever. Yeah, we'll we'll do whatever, man. Just we need those guns, and we need clone army. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> the plan is this: the Chi will mm-hmm. cover for the Animorphs as they often do, like the last Starfighter. Yep. Oh, the and the ant. The, the plan. Let's let's back up because we missed the the important detail, which is Aldrea's ghost is going to lead them to a cache of weapons. We've been yep. dancing around it a little bit. But our pals, the Animorphs, are getting on an alien spaceship to fly through zero space to actually mm-hmm. physically visit the hork planet. Yep. Yeah, oh, boring. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, Listen, we've been there, like, tons of times. We've been there Listen, tons it's... of times. We need the ghost of Aldria to find the, uh, <laughs> to find the, uh, the quest destination. And, yeah, so in preparation for our intergalactic voyage, we call on our friends the Chi. Yep, Eric King shows up and he's like, man, when I was taking care of FDR, I cleaned all kinds of houses. Don't worry about it, Marco. And Marco's like, hey, can you get me laid while I'm gone? <laughs> Don't get laid. Get me laid. Yeah, I love <laughs> Don't that. fuck her. Don't fuck her. I'm going to fuck her. You just get her ready to fuck me. <laughs> real, Marco is a real revenge of the nerd. <sighs> yeah. He is a he is a booger. <laughs> Booger. No, Booger was the good one. Was Booger? The, I don't know. I yeah. actually have not seen the movie. Curtis Armstrong, great actor. Well, yeah. not a great actor, but he's Booger. I'm still just, I'm still just so sad that Marco cut his hair. That <laughs> short, short hair Marco is the inferior Marco. Agreed. Long hair Marco or bust. Yeah. No, he should be shave it. Oh, go no. ball. Mm. Nope. Nope. Go ball. Go home. Hope he smokes. I was, was going to say something that's that's not really my place to say, but. Yeah, long hair, long hair Marco is the is the correct Marco. We love a long haired Marco, don't we, folks? <laughs> really hides the height. You just kind of get that that volume. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, those, yeah. The, the, All feathered, right. the feathered blocks, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or you could just do it straight up like kid and play. It's fun. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah. And so they hop in the Arns Yerk bug ship because he stole a bug ship. He's crafty. And they hit Z Space. Popping that Z Space. Oh, I'm going to f- reverse the chronology for a little bit. We do have a good little moment where. Cassie and Aldrea are still learning to figure out each other's that's, mental boundaries. Yeah, yep, that's we true. Get, we get our second. He's going back for more seasoning. <laughs> He's going back for more seasoning. Oh, chili lime, baby. <laughs> you didn't know how mouthward you were until I said something, huh? <laughs> Ooh. Chili lime. I didn't and mean just, to interrupt. Continue. Just how chili, <laughs> just how chili compliments lime. Uh, Cassie and Aldrea are learning to season each other's minds with their presence and they they learn how to yeah. meld a little better it's it's a give and take become more um, than some of their parts and this is the second time that sort of the the reinforcement of the idea cassie's pretty good at morphing 
mm-hmm. and who should comment on it but you know one of the original andalite morphers aldrea yep. she's like hey you're you're pretty good at this whole morphing thing and cassie's like oh yeah i guess i like animals hee hee like <laughs> cassie sort um, of brushes it off so i know that's been established already by jake that animorphs is short for anim- animal morpher yeah mm-hmm I'm now realizing that it could also be Andalite Morpher. Ooh. Ooh. I have been a fan of these books since a child, and I hadn't put that together. Yeah. I'm just thinking, like, wait, hold on. They invented it. <laughs> yeah. Except it would be Andmorphs. And, well, Andmorphs. Okay. Andmorphs. Listen, sometimes you inject, like, a noun to, like, really... Not a noun. You know what I mean. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm I, an English major. I, yeah, do your own work on my joke. <laughs> I'll, I'll no, like, buy so, it. So, Whether you yeah. are an animal or an Andalite... If you yeah. morph, you're an anamorph. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's them's the rules. And like morpher. Um, <laughs> sorry to interrupt your very good point. <laughs> no, yeah. So we but just it's, did, it's... Yeah. Drew's making a point, <laughs> a salient, important point to the book, and Nate says the Andalite morpher. <laughs> Great. We're good at this. Just so I, good. I had never actually considered that that combination of words either, though. So I appreciate it. Absolutely appreciate it. <laughs> I'm going to have more chili, huh? <laughs> when your mouth gets excited, your brain gets excited. Don't pour it down. Don't, like, have a bunch of it. I did it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, the that the only reason I bring up that little detour before we get back on the spaceship is just that... Um, the It is the, important it later. It is important. The coolest... The, the, grand, the grand action set piece of this book is a really fucking bizarro... sequence and i'm so excited it's important for you the reader to be reminded cassie's a really pretty good morpher yeah and aldrea even says she's better at morphing than i was Mm -hmm. yeah and and we're assuming that andrea was very good at morphing right like she's so good at it she just did it and never stopped (laughs) the final thing i'll say is that uh cassie cassie has like a couple like kind of a one-two punch she's like jake has led more us on more missions than you ever went on with Dak. And also, we're only a little younger than you were uh-huh. when you came to the hork planet. So so Cassie is is not... Cassie is respectful, and Cassie is is obviously, like, um, a, little, a little reverent of, of Aldrea's depth of emotion and experience, but mm-hmm. she's not afraid to just say, like, hey, this this is this is our game now. Yeah. You know, we're the, we're the ones running this. Listen, it's not Andalite Morphers anymore. It's Animal, it's animal morphers. morphers. The game's changed. The game's changed. <laughs> war has changed. But the more war changes. The more it stays the same. And let's go to Z-Space. <laughs> and with that, we gotta get to that dang Z-Space. Z-Space. And Pop then into Z-Space. Z-Space is uh, just this big, blank, white expanse. It sure would be a shame if I were like to, Oregon. to project you know, the last moment I remember before my untimely death with my dead Horpajir <laughs> husband. But that's exactly yeah. what Aldrea does. We have that's, this, yeah. this great Aldrea extended has a nightmare. point of view chapter. She has a nightmare. Ooh. And, and it's, yeah. She's, she's remembering her, her treehouse with her loving husband, the Horpajir, Dakemi the Seer. And she's reminiscing on all of the ways that they uh all of the ways that they had um you know avoided capture all of that and then this is only like a two or three page point of view chapter this nightmare sequence um but aldrea is uh gets the the vision that um 
She imagines herself holding her infant pork son, Ciro, named mm-hmm. for her father, the Fool. And the, you know, the homunculus of her baby son starts speaking to her, giving voice to all of her deepest fears and insecurities. Um, and, uh, yeah. I then, mean, like, what else are you going to dream when you're dead? Except for <laughs> a spooky dream about your dead child. Yeah, and then I, I actually bookmarked, this is the only bookmark I, uh, I made in preparation for this episode, but the end of this nightmare sequence, um, we get Aldria reflecting, uh, reflecting on sort of her nightmare, and so she said, uh, It's okay, Jake, Cassie said. She just had a nightmare. Aldria's point of view. Zero. Dead after a life as a Yurk host. Dak. Dead. I knew not how. All of them. All our brave soldiers. All gone. A nightmare. A dream of death from a person already dead. Huh. Huh. It's dark. Yeah. And that's like... That that last little line, I think, is like sort of the... uh, the, the seed, the core of kind of Aldrea's, you know, emotional, uh, emotional weight in this book. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a very beautiful little vignette mm-hmm. that a child's book does not deserve. Yeah, I, I actually was I, I didn't really know how to fit it in earlier, but my mind immediately went to this this moment when we were talking earlier about the. Um, the, the deaths uh, from the from the lack of of ICU beds that we were talking about the uh, oh the, boy. the COVID pandemic and the just like the tragedy of dying without even being helped you know mm-hmm. and just so it, the a dream of death from a person already dead has it's it has this sort of weight that or it has this sort of like emotional um, uh you know, sort of feeling as you think of when you think of like World War One, like dying in the trenches with like mustard mm-hmm. gas filling your lungs or like mm-hmm. dying yeah. as Berlin is like firebombed, you know, just dying in a war zone or dying in the midst of a tragedy that's already larger than than you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, you can only watch and you just, <laughs> yeah. you just die. Uh I don't think I've mentioned this, but I think that, and I've expressed this to Tyler, and he better do it. Oh boy, um, I'll do it right now. If I, if I get COVID real bad, say, mm-hmm. and like, like oh, I did, yeah, okay, but mine's worse. Oh no, I'm dying, Tyler. Um, Nate, you and, don't always have to one up Tyler, okay? It's, no, your mine's, COVID mine's doesn't better. Have to be worse, okay? Mine's better. My COVID's gonna be worse, <laughs> and my death is gonna be better because Tyler, I want you to dress up as as the devil. Okay. And I want you to show up, and I'm delirious, and I'm dying, and I want you to show up and say, I've come to get you, Nate. <laughs> okay. Because like I want to be so delirious, and I want you to like you know get me high on acid. Really give me some nice psychedelics. Oh, I can do that. And s- send me straight to hell. Because <laughs> 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 like, I, I, you would like, because like, the, the one great mystery in life is death. Yeah. We don't know. Nobody knows. Uh, except for the people who have already been dead. And like it, yeah. it's c- carefully like skirted around with like Andrea because no she's not actually a ghost they they sci-fi it away in that yeah. like oh it's recorded yeah memories. recorded memories yeah. in a bottle yeah mm-hmm. it's actually just you know she turned her brain into a dang computer yeah it's and, a uh, it's a it's a quick save they put a quick save yeah. into a bottle and then implanted it into Cassie's head 
Right. And like, you know, these little moments are the the closest that we get to talking about death mm-hmm. and what it means to be dead after you're dead. Yeah, the finality of it. Yeah, but th- this isn't the finality. Uh-huh. And she's still, she, it's worse because it's like she's been given this terminal illness. She knows that she's already dead. Mm-hmm. You can't stop from dying then. <laughs> There's no turning <laughs> that one back. Right. So like, you know, like she's facing her, her um, mortality right now and she's having nightmares about it. Right. Your last moments in in this, you know, like little bit of earth that you managed to luck into, but through a weird ghost ritual um, are just nightmares of your dead child speaking to you. Yeah. Um, so that's why she's screaming. <laughs> so, yeah, our pals, the Animorphs are in a spaceship and their friend Cassie starts screaming with the voice of a dead alien. <laughs> yep. And, and it's okay, though. Mar- uh, Jake's just like, listen, Cassie, it's okay. It was just a nightmare. Have some nutrition pellets. Yeah, have <laughs> another health pellet. Have, have some more health pellets. They're um, very good. Tobias loves them. <laughs> <laughs> Tobias it still is a bird, by the way. Yeah, Tobias still a bird. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, like, what? They're in the ship for three days. Uh-huh. No entertainment. Just chatting amongst, like, Cassie getting to know Aldrea. Aldrea yeah. letting her wall down a little bit, but not too much. Axe talking to the Arn. The Arn being like, fuck off, I'm driving. And and you know what? Shredder fire. <laughs> ah, Shre- Shredder? Wait, that's not Dracon. I mean, they pop out of Z-Space, immediately fired upon. <laughs> Dang. Sh- Shredder fire. Shredder fire. The, the nicer way to die. Yeah. <laughs> or or when the villain from Ninja Turtles dresses real nice. Tonight we we dine on Arn's soup. <laughs> and um yeah, so there there's this Andalite ship because they fire shredders. Yeah. yeah. Um again, I, I love that that little bit of detail about you like you know the shredder really gets you right away. Uh yeah. the Dracon beam the, dr- you the Dracon like- <laughs> beam is specifically engineered to be just a little more painful and a little yeah. slower. <laughs> right, uh, which it, it seems like at a disadvantage if it's slower. But anyways, but the pain's worth it. Um, <laughs> Always is, baby. Yeah, Always they, is. They suddenly enter a uh, a cool little sci-fi, you know, dogfight moment in outer space. You know, I I hear that rolling helps. Try rolling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doing a, a barrel roll. It is a good yeah, trick. Doing, and it's so a great trick. they uh, <laughs> they're sort of in a too many cooks situation. Honestly, the entire. <laughs> Uh, the entire space dogfight sequence, I was imagining, you know, like the, um, what's that like funny black and white uh, slapstick music, you know. Yakety Sax. Yeah, yeah. Yakety Sax. Mm-hmm. I imagine sort of Yakety Sax playing during this dogfight sequence. Cause you, it's like you have one, one old co- man in the corner with a piano, <laughs> drum, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. horn machine. The yeah. Andalites chase the Animorphs. Yeah. Then the and Animorphs chase the Andalites. <laughs> the Yurks show up. They're chasing each other. Yeah. It's a hard day's night. They hide in the <laughs> phone booth. Yeah. Your classic, your oh. classic uh, Scooby-Doo, too many doors situation. Yeah. But um, Mostly unimportant. It's an action scene. But they yeah, just you had also a... have all of the Animorphs yelling at each other, like, what to do. Like, should, <laughs> should we kill him? No, don't kill him. That's an Andalite. Well, he's going to kill us. Well, maybe almost kill him. <laughs> so <it's> like... <laughs> yeah. They... Andrea was going to kill him. Yeah. yeah Andrea, Aldrea wanted to kill him, but they come up with a plan to save him and kill off the Yurks. Yeah. And they made it. And they make it to the Horkvager homeworld. Yeah. To find that it has been, to quote Aldrea, raped and despoiled. Which was a quote that I wrote because, God damn, you're putting that in a book for 10-year-olds. Well, yeah. that was the language of the time. Because, you know, you, you never just like, 
ruin the planet you always rape the planet yeah, yeah it's, it's, com- it's it's never like you know because like the, the the context of rape is like ah yeah forcefully on purpose and it's like and, and like the rape of murder. <laughs> yeah it's what they said at the time and now we don't say that anymore <laughs> yeah. yeah true uh, just i read that and it i mean it's vivid imagery it's hurtful imagery, and mm-hmm. what they've done to the planet, it's, it's a, completely it's a, Yerk terraform. Yeah, it's a violation. But yeah, so we get we get a reminder, for those that do not remember, the uh, the Hork-Bajir planet, at one point in the past, had its own moon come crashing down on it, and it split the planet open like a ripe fruit, and so the the planet is cracked open, you can peer down into the molten core and those deep fissures and valleys that were formed in the cracks are where the Arn planted trees to re- reconstitute the atmosphere and where the Horkbajir lived in the deep valley. So I-, I agree. The Arn are Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's, that's pretty cool. Except, except like smarter. The, the Arn are smart. Yeah, yeah the Arn the Arn have skills. Elon Musk did PayPal. He paid someone to build a shitty robot. <laughs> oh, here we go. I found it. I found it. Um, so the the uh, the Arn Q, Q man the Arn, um, Queef Virginia is giving uh, is giving you know kind of a little a little history lesson, a little biology lesson on the trees and everything. And all of a sudden, Cassie says, "Aldrea, are you all right?" Cassie asks softly. Turn away, I begged. I hated the weakness in my voice, but I couldn't bear to look anymore. Turn our eyes away. She did. But then she looked again. And I looked too. Because even now, scarred and blasted, raped and despoiled, it was my home. And uh, careful readers will see the correlation between what Nate said and the Hork-Bajir Chronicles. Nate, you made a point that Cassie is Aldrea, and Aldrea is old Cassie. And in the Hork-Bajir Chronicles, Dak Hami tries to shield Aldrea from looking at the charred corpses of her family, but she looked anyway. Yep. Aldrea, in this moment, relents, does not want to see, but Cassie sees, and then Aldrea has to see as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's like poetry. It rhymes. True. <laughs> Were you going to say it? Were you going to say it? No, I was actually... I, had a, I thought I had a good point, but yeah, that's fine. No, go ahead. <laughs> I, I don't need to quote George Lucas in this book. Uh, my, my thing is, like, let the person look. Like, I would want to look. Like, if... Okay, let, let's say it's not, not something... Because I guess I just don't have a place that I associate with uh, love and warmth. Well, I mean, uh, it's, it's... But, like, you know, if I saw, like, say, uh, a beloved pet uh, has been horribly mangled... Um, you know, and they're like, "Oh, don't look. Sorry, it, it's too, it's too, it's too hurtful for you. Don't look at this." I, I, I would need to look, right? And I think everyone has that urge to look because they need confirmation, visual confirmation that the thing has happened. I mean, yes and no. Some people have to look, and some people genuinely can't look. Yeah. Well, and, so, and both, both, I think, are valid reactions and, to it. And no one's right. Aldria is a character <laughs> who does have both reactions. When mm-hmm. when she when her family was killed in the Hork Bajir Chronicles, Dak tries to shield her, but she looks anyway on the wreckage of her home and the burning corpses of her family. Um, and now this time she looks and she's the one that has to turn away. She says, mm-hmm. Cassie, don't make me look. 
she's she's begging Cassie as the the body that she's residing in to not have her forced to look upon this. So it it becomes too much for her, and she she has uh uh sort of run out of um the capacity to to process that that grief in that moment. More deep shit, deep ass shit. Yeah, you know, like let's just go get some guns, you guys. <laughs> yeah, and so they they get out on the surface of the planet and they make their way down to the uh, the the Arn, you know, valley valley city. Mm-hmm. You know, their their uh, pueblo hut built into the cliff face. Was yeah, that- and the Arn's like, well, yeah, everything's still beautiful, but also destroyed. The Yurks actually used us as target practice. Yeah, you know, fun little what fact am- about us after we weakened our, our brain stems to not accept a Yurk host. They just decided to kill us for funsies. Yeah. Um, and let's see. Yeah, they get down there. And so that's when we also have, they're down in the bowels of the planet, prepping their little strike force to go out and find the weapons. And then Aldrea drops a bomb. She says, oops, guys, I may not actually know where the weapons are after all. (laughs) Sorry about that. And everyone is understandably pissed. It's like, you couldn't have mentioned this before we hopped on the (laughs) spaceship and, you know, everything there and... It's it's a nice little narrative knife that ratchets up the tension in the story because you know they're gonna find the guns mm-hmm. and you know you know it's going to work out whatever but this little complication is a complication and conflict of character in Aldrea which is a really beautiful little touch. Sure, it brings up the question: mm-hmm. Was this on purpose? Right? Did she like forget to mention this or did she like trick them into yeah, like, going so to this planet and Aldrea reasserts herself as a presence who can't necessarily be trusted um and every sort of anamorph kind of distrusts her for a different reason and the the narrative device that is used to really drive that home is the first the first time we have where Aldrea's mind forcibly takes over Cassie's body. Mm-hmm. Um, Get out of my mind, liquid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> My hand. So, Get out of my mind, mind liquid. Sorry, I couldn't, ha- couldn't help myself. <laughs> We're big Metal Gear Solid lovers, especially the second one. I can't stop it because, like, it, honestly, the idea of some something taking over your body sucks. Yeah. Nobody wants that. It's the, the whole point of the Yerks. That's why they suck is because they take over your body. Exactly. You, know, you lose so control. Al- Aldrea mm-hmm. in this moment briefly and it's and it's almost sort of we get the sense that Aldrea is not even doing it intentionally but just like is frozen with embarrassment mm-hmm. and with fear mm-hmm. and with everything but um, Cassie realizes in, in through their emotional bond that Aldrea has has been deceiving them or misleading them as to her her understanding. Yep. Aldrea's mind freezes up, which forcibly causes Cassie to free up until Cassie fights through it and demands, let me talk. Aldrea says, I released my hold, shocked at my own behavior. I hadn't meant to stop her. I hadn't meant to battle for control. A mistake. I'd had no time to think it through. Everyone was staring at me, all but the Arn who was busy elsewhere. Don't ever do that again, Aldrea, Cassie said. I 
don't ever fight me for control again. And so we get... That's a that's a moment. A little whoopsie. A, a, it's a little oopsie whoopsie, you know, when you accidentally mind puppet, you know, your your host body. But yeah, it's, it's it, it. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say it's a beautiful red herring because you think that this book is going to be Cassie having to fight for her own body back, mm-hmm. but we already had that book, and this is fucking Animorphs, and it is much darker and much sadder than Cassie can't control her body. Yeah. Well, and it's more realistic that Andrea accidentally takes over Cassie because you know, she's not malicious. She's a good character. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, she wouldn't do that on purpose, a but less, she, she might do it on, say, accident. Yeah. A lesser book would have had Aldrea be the villain who just takes over yeah. and controls Cassie. Yeah. You don't act. You don't mean to, like, eat, eat your friend in an attic. You just happen to be bitten by a zombie. And, you know, God, you're, you hu- love you're Return hungry. of the Living Dead so well, much. It's because, like, that's kind of what it is. Like, you're fighting against it, but, like, you know, something's drawing you into um, the the primal urge of survival. You it's know? the yeah. delicious brains. It's, and send, it's, send more, uh, and it's, another uh, wrinkle, it's another wrinkle in Aldria's um, sort of uh, characterization because we know that she has been the, the sort of typical andalite to manipulate and to mm-hmm. to deceive and the the comparison that gets brought up um by by Dakami, her own lover and best friend is that the andalites and the yurks are alike in a lot of ways um yep. and so here we have aldrea almost without meaning to you know become a yerk for a brief moment and and mm-hmm. fight Cassie for control of her own body. And it it allows for a, another nice little Cassie moment as well, because this becomes the third time when Cassie says to Aldrea, like, you know, she asserts herself and she says, don't do this. Don't underestimate us. Don't don't ever stop me from from being me. Um great little bit mm-hmm. but you know what like let, let's have a break it's been too stressful it's been too stressful talking about all this possession and, and death and and, and just uh, you know uh, murder of of a planet yeah uh, instead let's go let's go run with the hoodoo baby <laughs> the chadu the chadu yeah. sorry let's go run with the chadu you know let's let's frolic and be free yeah they morph hork bajir mm-hmm. they're having a fun time swinging a fun run them up and yeah. it's a beautiful nice little moment where aldrea gets to see her great-granddaughter swinging on her home planet yeah. it's a beautiful little vignette she's never mm-hmm. been able to do that like with the the weak trees that we have on earth like yeah. oh, those things are no good for like you know sailing across a mighty planet <laughs> right um, it, it's it's like a uh, you know it's like a, a captured monkey who's been released into the wild for the first time is finally be able to to roam and be free. It's I mean this book is basically the hospice of Aldrea where the inevitability yeah. of death is coming. That's true. So you try and fill that those last few moments with joy with, and familiarity. Yeah, joy, familiarity, and whatever kind of purpose you can find. Uh-huh. It's really beautiful. I read this book and I was just in awe at how beautiful it was yeah I, also, that's, yeah, uh, that's a really i hadn't actually considered that interpretation of it but yeah Al- aldrea is in is in hospice in the body mm-hmm. of cassie morphed as a hork Legier. yeah that's fine it's it's a nice happy little moment that cool. we yeah. it's the the anamorphs reprieve of pleasure right before some god-awful shit happens mm-hmm 
And Aldrea says, I think I know where the guns are. It's probably in mine and Dak's fuck hole. Yeah. Let's no, go there. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Not <laughs> a fuck hole. It's a fuck hole. It's a smash pad. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. No, it's just like a tree where they carved their names in. Uh, <laughs> with, you know, with a big uh, and hollow dr- interior where they often would hide away behind a hidden door. Yeah, it's a fuck hole, a smash pad. No, they're, they're, it's a trunk. They're not doing it. <laughs> it's big. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's not. It's not like it's not a locker. Okay. No, they go in there and make woo. <laughs> <laughs> Would they, you stop <laughs> calling it that? <laughs> For fuck, make woo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, deep embrace. <laughs> no. Um. But yeah, and it's. But anyways, they get their smash on in there. <laughs> they really smash mouth. <laughs> That's probably and, where they hit the is, guns. <laughs> there is a good moment here, I think, where where Cassie Cassie out of all of them, she asserts herself, but also she is the most trusting of Aldrea just through their natural emotional link. And one of the things that they had you know practiced back on Earth before the adventure was just Aldrea getting a sense of how it feels to morph in Cassie's body. The, mm-hmm. the actual mechanical reality of them sharing a body that may need to to engage in battle. And so um, when it comes time to traverse the trees, have this beautiful little moment, Cassie allows Aldrea to control the morph fully. And so mm-hmm. Cassie is, is a passenger for Aldrea's, you know, nice um, kind of flying free last hurrah moment. Yeah, it's it's really, really great acceptance stuff like giving over of yourself to someone who needs you that's a beautiful feeling and it mm-hmm. translates very well in this book now it's time for guns 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 Frankie, blow this cocksucker's head off Ooh, guns 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 come on sal tigers are playing two nights i never miss a game Come on, Sal. Tigers playing tonight. Last thing before guns. Right before they reach the guns, uh, it does turn back somber. So Cassie uh, has a realization as uh, Aldrea is frolicking in the trees with her great-granddaughter. Cassie realizes the implications of of the the psychic icicle, the ghost ghost Mm -hmm. soul within her. Mm -hmm. Um... And she realizes that Aldrea being in control of what is at this point her her native comfortable body in the form of a hork the form with which her soul most readily identifies, she realizes that this this presence, this this sentient mind of Aldrea is is a life force, is mm-hmm. is a unique living entity in its own form. And then Cassie has this moment where, like, fuck, was I going to be the one to kill Aldrea Iskilion Fallen? Yep. The realization took my breath away. Aldrea felt my emotions. What is the matter? She asked. I couldn't say. What could I say? If I realized before I accepted the icicle, I'd have never agreed to go along. It was impossible. Immoral. Aldrea was alive now. And if she died again, if she ceased to exist, it would be from my own selfishness. And so she realizes Oof. that after the mission is all said and done, if even if there is some way to get the icicle out of her brain, 
doing that constitutes killing a sentient a sentient life yep. force. Mm-hmm. And Cassie's fatal flaw. Um Right, because she like, could just do surgery on her brain and take it out. <laughs> She's very good at it. Yeah, but uh, you know, like her fatal flaw, and you can see it in the way that she talks about her it empathy. is, I'm I'm being selfish mm-hmm. by taking my life back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right, because she, she's not thinking of herself. She never thinks of herself. She only thinks of mm-hmm. others, and that's how she yeah. experiences the world through the eyes of others. So. You know, through the eyes of Andrea, she realizes, yeah, I have to kill this person. I'm being so selfish. This is fucked up. Mm-hmm. It, and like, you know, we know better because, you know, we're, we're, we are not Cassie. She deserves right. better. But she always has this reaction every mm-hmm. time. Yeah. You know, like, ah, I had to kill that hork That That was that was messed up. I, and it, you know, I'll just go die. I'll just become a butterfly. I'll, I, guess, I'll just go. I guess there is kind of also like sort of a, a B plot or even like a B, a B emotional thread through the book which is cassie is constantly doubting herself as to why she was chosen over over rachel or over yeah. toby why was she why was she the vessel why is she why does she have the icicle and um you can guilt cassie <laughs> in you, this, i you, mean you can guilt her and in you this, your body in this None. moment of realization as to i can't bring myself to kill the living spirit of aldrea she has this this paranoid little mind worm into where it's like i was picked because she knew i would be too weak to kick her out of my consciousness and that's cassie's opinion yeah i disagree completely of course i yeah. think if she had gone to toby toby would never kick her out toby doesn't have the strength to kick her out because it's your great grandma what are you going to do yeah. she goes to rachel rachel does not have the empathy to allow Aldrea any sense of freedom. Yeah. She's all brawn. Cassie has both. Yeah. Well, there, there's a good speech that addresses this later. Yeah. And so, and that, we'll, and that's, we'll and that mm-hmm. is, the, we, we, the reader know that there must be some reason other than Cassie's own inferiority complex <laughs> right. as to why she was chosen for this important role. The reader knows. Unless you're an asshole. Um, maybe you're an asshole. Maybe, maybe you're, you're an like, asshole you're like, like, Cassie does kind of suck. <laughs> Cassie, you suck. She's <laughs> yeah. totally going to take up residence in your brain. She has the wolf. It's the weakest one. <laughs> you can't even leave a heart on your homework for your boyfriend. You suck, you weak ass bitch. Cassie, you coward. Say, say it loud and say it proud. You can't even live out loud. Who are you? <laughs> um, Nate. That, 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 that's not what I said. I know. Nate. You can have some of that chili you've got in your hand. <laughs> he's going for it. He's going back for more. Oh, he's got more. <laughs> mm. I, I when you were making your point, Drew, I was trying so hard not to laugh because I looked at Nate and I saw the jar in his hand and he started to laugh. <laughs> I, no, and I so I just faced forward. I didn't. I would never. Uh, but yeah, Jesus. It is with this, it's it's with this sobering realization that <laughs> Aldrea's life as a living person, more or less, is within Cassie's purview to end or to allow to go on living, they arrive at the smash pad where the weapons are stashed away. And surprise, surprise, the smash pad is located directly underneath the biggest ever <laughs> yerk pool. Oh, yep. gross. They hollowed out God Tree and made it a yerk pool. You know, like you ever God sleep tree. on that mattress? You know what's going on in that mattress. Awa. Awa got hollowed out and made a yerk pool. Did we make this joke in Hork Bajir Chronicles? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Okay, I thought so. I mean, yeah. it's, it it's is still Awa. It's the same planet, yeah. you know. Yeah, okay, fair. Yeah. And let's just go right to their plan. 
Yeah. It's a great plan. It's uh, it's, a, it's a plan that always works. It's the Cassie plan. It's you have a problem, you drop a whale on it. <laughs> I mean, it's, like what, like whales are big. You can do a lot with a whale. So yeah, let me let me go through the finer points of this plan. Cassie turns into an osprey, eats her friends. Better not, not, all the way. not eats. Not she puts her friends as bugs in her mouth. Gross. Mm-hmm. Flies up very high in the sky. Okay. Starts demorphing and falling. Okay. While she's mid demorphed to human, she starts morphing whale because she's the best morpher. Okay. Mm-hmm. Plus, plus they don't want the Yurks on the Hork Pajir planet to know that a human was there. So there's a falling osprey whale human girl amalgamation with five friends in her mouth <sighs> dropping right for the Yurk pool. You ever think something that you shouldn't say? Yeah, say it. <laughs> I say it all the time on this podcast. This is anamorphing time, where we think it and say it. I'll I'll do so, the Watto. No, like <laughs> so, again. So here's what I was thinking. Like, okay, like the the challenging part here isn't necessarily like the multiple morphs. She's done that before. Mm-hmm. The challenging part is to morph uh, with your your friends in your mouth. Uh huh. You, know, like you you can't chew. You can't. You know. You got to do two things at once. Two uh-huh. very complicated yeah. things at once. And I'm like, okay, well, how do I know this? Well. Sometimes, you know, when it's a busy work day, I take a, a, a big bite of a protein bar. Oh, no, I just had some coffee. I need to go to the bathroom. Take a dump. Mm-hmm. Still have this big bite of protein bar. So I'm chewing and taking a dump at the same time. Yeah. That's it's, it. it's a it's, bit like that. It's, it's a bit complicated. It's that kind of multitasking that Cassie now faces. Right. That's what you thought was too far to say, was <laughs> that you admit to eating while pooping. I do that all the time. Really? I thought I was the only one. If I'm going to poop, it'll probably be a long time I'm being there. I take a popsicle. I mean, a, po- a popsicle. I mean, a popsicle is too challenging. What are you talking? <laughs> what? A popsicle what like, is even if- food. You don't have to think about eating it. Well, it's also it's sticky. Like it. it so like, is my poop. Yeah, exactly. If there's particles in the air, uh, poop particles. <laughs> there right? are poop particles. Who cares? But my mouth is closed. <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> oh no! This said more about me than you. Uh oh. <laughs> Look. Um, I have gone on record as being someone who wants to eat eight Cheez-Its to keep a little Cheez-It dough ball on their cheek. I love that shit. I saw that squirrel. That was, that was iconic. That's what I do. Classic Tyler. Like, if I find Cheez-Its, you're getting eight of them in my cheek, and I'm licking that cheese ball for 15 to 20 minutes. Well, and I suppose that's that's what whales do, right? Like, whales keep things in their mouth. They do. Like, yeah, like, Jonas. What's like, his name? Like Krill, a Pinocchio. Um, the Bible guy. Jonah. Uh, Jonah. Jonah. Jonah my name whale. is Jonas. Jonas in the whale, yeah. My name that's is the Jonas. We- I'm sitting in a whale. That's uh the uh what's that? The Squid and the Whale sequel about Weezer. <laughs> yeah, and th- that joke's for nobody. Uh, I I understood that joke and it wasn't for me. That's uh... River Rivers Cuomo rubbing his cum on his locker. That's Ugh. anybody. <laughs> okay, but animal facts. <laughs> I was trying. I was trying so hard. But yeah, so it's, in order to make this plan work, uh, Cassie becomes an osprey. While she's falling, her osprey wings proportionally grow in size to her human body. Uh-huh. She gets these fucking Led Zeppelin angel wings. You know? <laughs> fucking badass. Super dope. While she's... so, I, And I guess the logic of this is that she becomes fully human. <laughs> she becomes fully human, but just with wings. And because she's human with wings, she can start to morph again. Yeah, um, she goes and Aldrea's like, "This is the coolest shit I've ever seen. Becomes, Nobody's ever morphed this badass." She goes from uh, angel, 
you know, Angel Wing Cassie into the Skyfish from The Legend of Zelda <laughs> Link's Awakening. You uh, can be my angle or you could be my Skyfish. Or the Falling Whale from Hitchhiker's Guide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she becomes a humpback whale with gigantic osprey wings and <laughs> plummets into this gigantic, uh, you know, Olympic-sized swimming pool of a yerk pool. And the hork see her, and they start blasting. But before we get to that, we gotta do it. Folks, we gotta do it. We gotta do it. We gotta do... Animal, animal facts! Animal facts! Animal facts. Animal facts. Prince Jake and Cassie, Tobias and Axe, Rachel and Marco, the bandits are here. They want to listen. Animal facts. Fuck all the yurks. Marco's mom is a bitch. So the the animal for today is the humpback whale. Woo! One of my uh, one of my personal favorite whales. You know, if you know anything about me, it's you know that I have rankings of different <laughs> whales. I do know this. Yes. <laughs> Number one, humpback. Number two, sperm. Uh, no, number, number three, one is the sperm whale because I'm a Moby Dick fan. But mm. yeah, hump, humpback is top three. Um, my third, by the way, is the orca. Oh yeah, I mean, those, the those murder, norm- the murder fish. Those yeah, are pretty normal uh, picks. You know, sperm whale, humpback, orca. But you know, you don't mess with the greats. You, you got to do the beluga's face, though. Come on, <laughs> belugas are cute, but I don't, I don't respect them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sounds like everybody I date. Go on. <laughs> uh, so yeah, as you all know, we're gonna we're gonna do a couple of basic ones, then we're gonna get into the weird shit. Yeah, we did send you the divine soup can whale facts yeah. to let you peruse Shout and pick to and choose. Soup can. I'm I'm using a few of those adapted facts for sure. Start off with the basic. Humpback is a baleen whale. It is not mm-hmm. a toothed whale. It has no teeth. It has baleen. And, uh, you know, you were a kid, you probably had like a zoo books or you had like your National Geographic. Baleen is like a, um, it's like a curtain of sort of these bony, I, I like to imagine them as being sort of fingernail material, like keratinous, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, they're like brush bristles. And yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. she's born with it. And maybe it's Bailey. Maybe it's Bailey. Maybe it's Bailey. Thank you. I, that's, a, that's a good wholesome joke. A first, a first for anamorphing time. That's you know, that's the last. That's, that's <laughs> my corner. I do the wholesome content. Here's my favorite slur. <laughs> uh, and so the way that a baleen whale, like a humpback, feeds is that it dives through uh, a swarm of usually krill, um, mm-hmm. and actually a krill is a small shrimp-like crustacean. Shout out to uh, Soup Can. I didn't know that krill were grasshopper sized. I thought they were smaller, but that's that's big. Like a grasshopper is a sizable fucking insect. Um, They get a big mouthful of water and then they spit it out and they strain it through their baleen. So that's dope. That is actually really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, imagine that you were swimming around, you know, in a uh, like a big bowl of, you know, cocoa pebbles, right? You open mm-hmm. your mouth, you take a mouthful of milk and cocoa pebbles, and you spit out the milk and just swallow the pebbles. That's that's what's going on here. So you're like... A, Back as- in the bowl, titty liquid. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like some asshole kid who's like takes a big bite. 
Yeah, you do it through your teeth. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you do it through your teeth, and you then you eat the ones that get caught in your teeth. Exactly. Yep. Um, humpback whales are noteworthy because out of all the whale species, they have uh, the most complex and quote unquote famous, for lack of a better word, whale songs. So when you when you hear singing whales, you know the beautiful echoey musical uh, sound. That's probably a humpback whale, or Enya, or Enya. I God, I love Enya. Has Enya done a whale song? M- mashup. I mean, they're, they're probably all whale whale adjacent. Yeah. But um, so the exact role of whale song is not fully understood. But an interesting... It's to do gra- to show gratitude. It, yeah, that's right. It's, it's to summon dolphins. To show gratitude to summon dolphins. Um, we didn't forget that. But an interesting detail about humpback whale song is that the songs are, are regional or social group based. So mm. in other words, all of the males that congregate in a certain section of ocean will all sing the same song. And as they encounter other traveling males or as they move and encounter other pods the songs are adaptable and changeable. And so they will basically, they're, they're doing remixes of each other's songs as they encounter <laughs> other whales. It's pretty sweet. That rules. But then there's that whale Walt Disney and he's just like, no, shut that down. You can't, you can't actually sample. <laughs> um, uh, and then we have to, we have to get to the raunchy stuff because this is anamorphing time. So yep, we, we already talked it. about the sperm whale. That's, that's done. Uh, <laughs> not what you think guys. What, what do you know about a humpback's penis? Well, I'll tell you. Nothing. It's it's ten feet long. Oh, that is a that's one shack. (laughs) Big old penis. Yeah, uh, that's is that. Wait, hold on. Is Shack actually ten feet? No, nobody's ten feet tall. You moron. (laughs) Shack is also like pretty small by NBA standards too. I think isn't Shack only like seven one or something? Yeah, um, ten feet. <laughs> think people are t- what? <laughs> Shaq's a powerful man. I just figured he'd be tall. <laughs> um, but uh, okay, so he, wow, he's like less than a shack of that penis. A uh, a ten foot penis comes also with a ten foot penis bone, uh, oh. because pretty much all mammals, with ex- the exception of humans and maybe a couple of this has come up on animal facts before, but we mm-hmm. always talk about penis bones. Yeah, the bones to. in every male uh, human's penis. Yeah, right? like that's... But so the the technical scientific name for a penis bone is a baculum, plural bacula. <laughs> He's in yeah yeah quantum he, leap quantum leap. Um, what else did he do? That new NCIS. <laughs> yeah, Scott Scott whalebone penis, <laughs> whale penis. Bone. Um, but yeah, the uh, not just of the humpback whale, but of many different species of whales, the penis bone is a common building material for harpoons. So when you think Holy, of it, I mean, makes sense. When you think of, uh, you know, like the indigenous tribes of the Arctic and everything, um, it's, it's kind of a double fuck you because they kill you, cut off your penis, and then use your penis to kill your friends, <laughs> you know? Honestly, if someone's going to kill me, please do that. <laughs> well, and, and just think about the size of the spear. It's 10 feet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it has to be big. It has to go deep to, you know, pierce the, the vitals. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we haven't forgot about the ladies. Let's hear about some whale titties. Ooh. Um, they, Do they have a bone in them? They, there's no bone, but they're internal. So uh, they, they don't have any, any udders. Whales don't have anything like that. It's bad for, for water drag, you know, hydrodynamics. Yeah. Um, but the... <laughs> There are 
pseudo nipples next to the genital slit on a humpback whale and the the baby whale gets on up next to that genital slit and siphons the milk out of the out of the the whale nipple um and here's so here's an interesting fact the edge of the whale calf's tongue is lined with petal-like extensions flower petals that are believed to improve suction and even serve to channel the milk towards the throat. Holy shit. So you know like how you were in middle school and you had that one weird friend who like did that thing with their tongue where it looks like a clover? Uh-huh. That's basically what a baby whale does to get that milk. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of is like a uh, mid-flight airline refuel. Yeah. You know, or this like, little <laughs> yeah. nozzle. That's a, that's a good, and it's like, a yeah, good plug visual, in a little nozzle. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, because because whales, the way their their mouth anatomy, they don't have muscles like we do where they can suck. You know, humans can can like puff up their cheeks and create a vacuum and suck through a straw. So mm-hmm. the mother is actually forcibly ejecting the milk. So the mother is like <laughs> squeezing their mammary glands and spurting the milk out. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that one mother is yo junior swim up to my pussy i'm gonna squirt some milk on you pretty much Pop. you know oh, no. <laughs> if whales could Jesus. speak that would be a sentence that they've said um <laughs> and they they produce a lot every day a breastfeeding humpback produces up to 130 gallons of milk holy shit which is that's that, a lot of krill that's a lot of milk a lot of krill and <laughs> if you were to think about it in terms of everybody loves this kind of statistics, it would only take a dozen whales a year to fill up an Olympic sized swimming pool with whale milk. Jesus so Christ. If you, got, if you got all of the milk, you know, that a dozen whales made in a year that would fill an Olympic swimming pool. I didn't even know that whales made milk until today. They're, they're mammals. Well, we, of course they do. Well, I didn't think about it. Well, sure, uh, Fair. It's ugh. people don't think That's about gonna... like hedgehog milk either, you know. But hedgehogs also ugh. make milk. Every mammal makes milk. That's a weird. Oh, it's man. A, that thought will haunt you in the middle of the Here, night. Here's the ugh. real question: Would you drink that milk? Yes. If I had a cup of it in a heartbeat, it might kill you. What if it like had it like it wouldn't dangerous... kill you, but it would make you a fat fuck because whale milk is forty five percent fat. No oh, fuck. Human milk. Is, human milk is about two to three percent. For comparison, okay, what about make some whale butter? So that is that is basically <laughs> like drinking whale butter. You know, it's it's all butter oh, when it comes damn. out, basically. God damn! Yeah, it's like melted ice cream. That's I'm gonna delicious. look up whale milk later and see if I can find some. Um, it's like chug down. A you want to of- go to Alaska <laughs> just for reasons? And speaking speaking of nutrition, speaking of Alaska, I got one one final fun fact here. Whale, yeah. whale meat is among the pr- most protein rich. Of all Ooh. traditionally eaten animal meat, let me. Uh, I got some statistics prepared here for you. So, uh, for comparison, how about uh, turkey? You think about uh, turkey. Mm-hmm. Turkey is about fifty-five percent protein, forty-five percent fat. Okay. You think about um, how about salmon? Salmon is about sixty-nine percent protein. Nice, 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 and thirty-one percent fat. Thanks, y'all, for the backup on that. <laughs> uh, chicken. 51, 49, very even mm-hmm. mix. Um, you think about uh, beef, the leanest raw beef, 95% meat, 5% fat. When you count up the total calories, it's still about 67 and 33. So it's two thirds mm-hmm. protein, one third fat. 
whale meat by comparison, 95% protein to 5% Jesus. fat. Extremely protein efficient. Very, very nutritious stuff. A lot of B12, a lot of iron. What, whatever you do, do not tell Joe Rogan this fact. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it, it, there'll be someone at that gym just looking at those whales. And just like, you know what? I'm looking to, looking to bulk up. Yeah. <laughs> Clean bulk. And so, whale bulk. I mean, of course, a, uh, a, whale, a whale is an animal that has different cuts of meat. The, um, the most highly regarded is the tail meat, the tail section. And that is very high in, in fat comparatively. Um, but whale hunting for subsistence is traditional among a variety of different uh, native and aboriginal cultures within the Arctic Circle, um, populations in Greenland, Russia, the Chukotka Peninsula, which is right across the Bering Strait from Alaska. And then mm-hmm. Alaska itself, of course, is where those traditions are maintained. Um, and yeah, I just, I just bring this up uh, because I think that there is a tendency among sort of overly opinionated progressive types, you know, your, your vegans, your animal rights activists, all of that, you know, to group any sort of hunting or animal harvesting is inherently exploitative. But, um, you know, the, the fact of the matter is that native and indigenous cultures uh, really are experts in sustainable, respectful and humane you know, ecological harvesting. And um, I think that it's, you know, something like a whale hunt, you know, lumping in something like a whale hunt, which happens two or three times a year for the mm-hmm. sustenance of a, of a community, you know, of a, of a, just a group of people surviving, um, you know, grouping those kinds of whale hunts in and comparing it to like the, the exploitation and degradation of like, you know, commercial capital whale hunting and everything. Yeah. Um, you know, it just it just perpetuates a lot of uh, you know indigenous erasure under the guise of progressivism, in my opinion. So, you know, I think that's a fair and accurate point. Commercial commercial not- whaling sucks, but hunting hunting whales as a, an indigenous culture pretty sweet. And you know, not to. I would. What I would say is, how else am I going to light these lamps? <laughs> <laughs> how else, I can, I don't know how else to do it. I I, I, I need whale blower. Have you heard of beeswax? <laughs> oh, the, the vegans don't like that one either. But <laughs> we didn't prepare for that. We'll do that for the bee book. I, I do feel a little bit guilty because I've actually I've tasted the delicious meat of a whale. Um, oh, I, I didn't. Yeah, in Japan. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Japan. Yeah, whale meat. Yeah, I lived in Japan for a year, and uh, they serve it in school lunches. Yeah, uh, and that's it's, actually it's how I cheap, encountered it. It's cheap and nutritious. Yeah, J- yeah. Japan. Japan is uh, not one of my examples specifically yeah. because yeah. J- Japan and Denmark still do a lot of commercial whaling, and they well, sort yeah, of. It, uh, in Japan, it's technically banned, but they 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 research. do these service on. Yeah, yeah, they do it yeah. under like scientific reasons, and there's like, oh, well, let's have this leftover. Yeah, we whale might as well meat. sell this whale meat since we've done all of well, our research. And they can't even really sell it. That's why he shows them in schools. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me take some of the murkiness off of Nate just a little bit. I wasn't going to bring this up because I'm not a narc, but I also hate my father, so I'll just get it done. My dad spent a lot of time working on the pipelines in Alaska. Mm. He stole whale vertebrae and a chunk of baleen, and he has it at his house because you're not supposed to transport that stuff. Yeah. It's highly illegal. Anybody out there wants some baleen or a whale vertebrae clock? Because he made a clock out of a whale vertebrae. That's, 
That's have you ever looked cool. me up? Like I, it's no, they're super cool. It's just super illegal and disrespectful. Yeah, for sure. Your dad does that. Your dad. Yeah, does my dad that. does that. <laughs> have, have we told the story of the monster yet? Oh God, I don't know. So my dad made a monster. Let's put a <laughs> pin in that for another episode. Wait, like he, we have like to... he reverse engineered an energy drink, or like oh, he created just... he created a Frankenstein. He made a Frankenstein. Oh, I'll fuck. just tell you real quick. He. The teaser, teaser, teaser. Yeah, don't. I'll give you the. I'll give you the three animals. I'll let you figure out how it works. Boar, tortoise, and emu. Okay. That. Next time, next time. He made made a monster. (laughs) Nepal. uh, Tyler's dog Nepal ate a little bit of it. He ate some of the monster. And real quick, something I've been really thinking about a lot. I've been actually looking around my boxes and my bookshelves for it. I haven't been able to find it, but I want to give a special shout out to another uh, young adult fantasy series. Um, Diane Duane wrote a series of books called the Wizardry series. And the only book of the series I have read is book number two, which is called Deep Wizardry. Um, I'm, a, I'm a terrible person. I jumped in the series in number two and didn't read any others. But it's a book about a young boy and girl with magical powers, and they have to go down into the ocean and become whales and help a group of whale wizards carry out an ancient magical play, which represents the sacrifice of the innocent and the revitalization of the ocean. Yeah. The great ones. We, yeah, yeah. They show up in, in Amorph. Yeah. And yeah, Amorph's number five or four, whichever yeah. one. Yeah. And so <laughs> if you're, if you're interested in whales in, in specific and you like just sort of that, that middle grade young adult style of fantasy, this book is from like fucking 1997. It's old as fuck. Hell yeah! But it's Hell yeah. it's called Deep Wizardry by Diane Duane. Uh, fuck J.K. Rowling. Read a better wizard <laughs> book. Um, and it's whale wizards are better. Whale wizards are better, and it's there's like a lot of really interesting, beautiful world building between the different species of whales, and sort of the the symbolic villain is this this old. Um, mischievous sort of great white shark and he he plays the role of the villain in the in the performance in the ritual Mm -hmm. but there's also he has this sort of like you know smirking aspect about all of his dialogue where you think maybe he's just gonna like fucking snap and do it for real and lose control it's a it's a really well written cool character driven series fuck yeah if you're inspired by all the whale talk Go check out Deep Wizardry. Um, oh, it's a whale of a time. It's a whale of a time. <laughs> read, read Moby Dick, too, because, God, I fucking love Moby Dick. Um, greatest American novel. It, it really is. Yeah. That's, and they another... call me Max Titters. <laughs> <laughs> call me Aldria. Some years ago, <laughs> never mind how many, I was leading a resistance force of hork warriors and sneaking off to a... Uh, you know, a uh, smash hut with my with my husband Dak Hamid. Scratch. You're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> I, I picture it like mid drop with this like yeah. eagle fall, eagle whale falling. <laughs> how did I, an Andalite warrior Nothlet Horkbajur, end up in the body of a young black girl? <laughs> <laughs> well, sit right down and I'll tell you a tale. <laughs> Um, she lands in this yerk pool and just like vomits out sharks right into the yerk pool continues morphing her friends are demorphing in her mouth and she's like hurry up (laughs) 
And they're like, we need air. Give these people air. <laughs> Come on, Cohagen. You got what you want. Give these people air. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that, that it's that classic sort of cartoon slapstick bit where, like, you can tell that, like, she's sort of like... <laughs> Like the, the talking with your mouthful bit is is a perfect way to illustrate that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she uh, goes up, she gets them air. Mm-hmm. They demorph. Mark, uh, Jake, and Rachel are hammerhead sharks, just eating yurks and taxons. And taxons, they're useless. Yeah, taxons can swim. That I was reminded. That's that's the scariest. They can shit. barely swim. <laughs> yeah, that scares me so much. No, what do you, what yeah, do you but mean they're so useless. Swim. Like they are. They are a highly aquatic no, species. No, Nate said he can barely oh. swim. No, I, I can swim. I can take a tax on in water. <laughs> like they're so useless. Just like a hammerhead shark, like brushes past no, them, they explode. Ge- yeah, they're gelatinous, but they're deadly. So yeah, like a, a taxon. A taxon is like a giant jello eel. It's like a mortar sure. eel made of jello. You just hug it. <laughs> Let's give it a yeah, yeah, Nate, let, hug let the taxon hug the you. Ha- See what the happens. hammerhead shark is really unfair, but a swimming taxon is some scary shit. Even in my soft human body, I think I could take that at least one. Uh, uh, listeners, ooh, here's another here's another claim Nate saying he could take an alien. Nate can take down a taxon in water, you know? In water, not, not on land. I feel like on land they, they Are pose you kidding? More of a challenge. It would be easier on land than in water. Yeah, land would be so much you easier. You can climb a no, tree because, you know, on land, you know. You can Yeah, but they don't have fins. They just like skitter about. They just kind of like eel their way around. Yeah, but eels just, don't like, have fins and they like sea snakes don't have fins and they still are like incredibly dangerous as, predators. As soon as I get past that needle mouth, I'm good. You just <laughs> get out there and you hug it. Oh, Jesus oh. Christ. <laughs> also, it's so like 12 hug. feet long. It's hard to more more to hug. It's hard to appreciate <laughs> how big 12 feet long is until you're next to it. Apparently, it's like you it's know, 1.2 whale penises. I was about to say it's like two shacks, apparently. But <laughs> no, shut up. He's is, a tiny like man. He's small. Now. It is two shacks. But it's, Fine. but it's also like, would you be able to like take down a horse in water by hugging it? If a horse was made of jello, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, because taxons, they, they, they. They describe them as just like they're there, but they just get torn to pieces I, by these well, sharks. Well, because hammerhead sharks to- are. You know, a subspecies of the perfectly evolved aquatic killing machine. Subspecies. Anyway, not even the good there's, ones. There's a really not great character one. moment here, um, <laughs> talking about the the plan. Aldria's like, "This is not how morphing powers are used. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's take our time." And they're just like, "Shut up, we're the animorphs." Yeah, shut up, lady. <laughs> We've done this two hundred times. You did it three yeah. times. So they have Fuck they off. have their uh, their fun their fun pool frolics. And they they finally the main point of the plan is that once they actually survive the plunge, falling mm-hmm. in whale form from the sky to the pool, the Hork Bajir will not fire on them with Dracon beams because they are among the Yurks. Yep. And so they're basically like telling all the Yurks to get to one end of the pool, get away from the danger zone, and then they have a a, a window just a few minutes. While the Yurks are slowly congregating in the shallow end to mm-hmm. swim down to where the um the fuck hut smash pad buttresses yep. up to the pool. They're gonna bust through the side of the pool into the smash pad and get those sweet guns. Yep. Get the gas stash. And and they do it. They do it. Well it hold happens. on. There, there's a problem. There's a hiccup here. Mm. There's a code. <laughs> 
right? It's locked. It's a, it's, it's a gun stash. But it, You're right. Yeah, it is. Lock on it, it does have a smart lock on it. And so That's right. Aldria, as a very doting mother, has her baby son Ciro's birthday as the password. <laughs> Yep, as as like the initial password, and then there's like this other password alongside it. Um, computer identification: Aldre Iskil uh, Iskil Ilion. Iskilion doesn't matter. Iskilion, Aldrea Iskilion Falan. Code. Code. Mother loves zero. Yeah. <laughs> so her I mean, her password is his birthday, and her voice recognition is "Mommy love the baby." Yeah, <laughs> and. Here, dear listeners, we get our first Yurk genocide. Yeah, because it empties the Yurk pool. So they they go down. So it's it's kind of I had a I had a difficult time sort of visualizing it, but I, as I understand it, you can think of the little weapon stash as like kind of the lock in a dam. They swim mm-hmm. down in there. Uh, it, it starts to fill up with Yurk water, Yurk sludge. They slam the door shut. There's a pocket of air at the top of the little thing. They catch mm-hmm. their breath, gather up all the guns, and then they bust out the other side. And so they create a bathtub drain in the yurk yep. pool. And they schloop all the yurks out of the pool onto the forest floor. and To starve and to die. To starve, asphyxiate, and die. Yep. And uh, Cassie, either I- too tired from the multiple morphs, or more likely withdrawn from killing thousands of Yurks, mm-hmm. withdraws into her own body and gives control to Aldrea. Mm-hmm. Ah, the old Tobias maneuver. The to old Tobias. Pain. The old Tobias, yep. <laughs> and they fly their ship and just start, they blast that Yurk pool. They're burning every everybody apart. Oh, yeah, the, impor- the well, important detail uh, uh, we skipped over. Within the weapons cache, there's an old decommissioned police cruiser. Yep. Um, an old, you know, Crown Victoria with, with Yurk yep. plates on it. Mm-hmm. And they load up all the guns into the Crown Vic and they use that to blast their way out and fly back to the uh, the Arn headquarters. And that's when it's time to say goodbye to Aldrea. Yep. This this is the end. The the chemotherapy only works for so long. The it's been a long day. <laughs> Without you, you, my friend. <laughs> and and this is when the book gets really sad. Yeah. Because Paul Walker should have lived. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, that was a sad moment, but also Paul Walker was a fucking child groomer. Let's not ride his dick too hard. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh. There was yeah, well, there was actually this embarrassing moment in the in the Paul Walker obit where they confused his girlfriend for his daughter. Ooh, yeah. Maybe we shouldn't see him again. <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe he should stay dead. I, see you again I in love, hell, Paul I love Walker. The fast series. I love that bromance on screen, but uh, let's remember the person that Paul Walker was. Uh, you know, he played uh, a, child grooming charred corpse. He played, he played a character we loved, but he also dated women half his age, and uh, yeah, mm, no good. No good. You know, Aldria, age appropriate with Dak. Aldria was age appropriate <laughs> with Dak. That was. Uh, there was a there was a power dynamic, you know, but well, it was give and take. I'd say this much. <laughs> there's always there's always uh, a gap. There was a height gap there's... in that relationship too. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we get something truly horrendous. Yeah. In this ending, in that Aldria realizes that Dak may not leave willingly. 
or not Dak, sorry, Toby may Toby. not leave willingly. Yep. And the Animorphs realize that as well. Why? Because Dak's a child and they're trying Toby. to... Pro- sorry, Toby is a child and they're trying to protect her feelings. Toby, Toby is all hopped up on revolutionary, you know, influence. And she just had this big raid and she wants to stay on her home planet and help rebuild, which is noble and understandable. Mm-hmm. But she needs to be returned to her family and to the people that she knows and the world that she knows. That that gaggle of to, idiots is going to do something yeah, stupid to, on Earth. To fight a war that maybe she can win. Mm-hmm. Which the Hork-Bajir War, sorry, was lost decades ago. There may be another chance. Who knows? But Toby needs to go back home. Mm-hmm. And this is... I mean... This is your family hiding an awful truth from the children to give them innocence for just a little bit longer. Yeah. I, I've been thinking about this through the hospice lens now f- since we've been recording. It hadn't really occurred to me before, but this is just like, okay, time to go watch a movie. Grandma's going to go to sleep, but grandma's not going to sleep. Grandma's going to die. Grandma's going to be gone forever. Yeah. They take away... Toby's agency in this situation, which I could argue rightfully so, because you should protect innocent people and you shouldn't let people ruin their lives and, and like just, Toby was preparing just, to not do. Not just people, but children, literal children. Yes, actual children. Mm-hmm. So they cook up this plot to make Aldrea come off as some asshole who's going to stay in Cassie. Mm-hmm. So they have to get rid of her. And they do that by saying, well, we're going to take Dak, so you better let Cassie go. Yeah. Toby. To- yeah. God damn it. I just, I cannot keep it straight. They're both They're special. They're both special. They're both different. They're both serious. They're both different. Yeah. And, and they, they taint the memory of who Aldrea was for Toby. To protect her. And that's to protect her, but it's also, it's kind of shitty. And you know what? Sometimes you just have to protect children. Yeah. Sometimes you have to do a shitty thing to protect children. I, I will also say, um, if tainting my memory is for the greater good, yeah, sure, do it. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> no, I was totally like a, a Nazi. Yeah, no, you should. I'm. You should be glad I'm dead. You know, if it, if it serves a greater cause, don't do that. If it doesn't, that's right? Just yeah, don't just yeah, do that, it. That's an interesting. That's a that's a way to frame the severity of it for sure. Is like pretending to have been like a Klansman or a Nazi in order to preserve the innocence of your great grandchild by, by killing your own personal legacy. It's, it's nuanced. It's deep. It's dark. And this book does not give us what every other Animorphs book before it did. It doesn't give us a happy, uh, closed is maybe not, the right thing it does not give us that moment where the animorphs decompress and make a joke this book this book ends like this i left cassie behind lifted up out of her body her mind and was drawn back to the bottle i could no longer touch no longer hear no longer see for a while i could remember it wouldn't take toby long to realize she'd been tricked but by then toby and the others would be on their way back to earth My thoughts, my consciousness, my memory were all fading. I still saw my son, still saw Dak, still saw. And that's the end of the book. 
the, I just the got, death. Just got little chills up the, uh, I, the back of my neck yeah, there from that. So did I. That is some dark shit. Because, like, sure, this is a Cassie story. But we, but we this don't is, end on Cassie's perspective. We don't. We we, this, is Aldrea. Yeah. this is Aldrea's eulogy. Her, not eulogy, her elegy. Like, mm-hmm. this is her saying goodbye. This is future Cassie saying goodbye. The, Some, yeah, I was going to say the final, the final, we, in a sense, it's, it's very heavy, but it's, it's tinged, it's tinged with that, that sort of emotional relief and that reassurance, because right before this moment, right before they trick Toby, we finally get, Aldrea and Cassie finally speak to each other. And Aldrea tells Cassie why she was chosen. So mm-hmm. Cassie's Cassie's moment in the story does end on a moment of closure. Aldrea says, don't you know, even now, the icicle is drawn to a mind that reflects it. And I like to think even that inchoate, non-conscious version of me was honorable enough to know I might be tempted. That I might be tempted to cling to life and that I might need someone strong enough to return me to the path of my own fate. So Aldrea's spirit recognized that Cassie's willpower and her sense of self was was strong and honorable enough to remind Aldrea of her own purpose as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Fuck. I mean, this this is Aldrea's story. Like, the, the thing that you just described... I think was the true B plot was, was Cassie's closure, but ultimately the, the thing that really drives the plot forward, the thing that that's the real core here um, is, is uh, Andrea's perspective. Yeah. Right. Like it, it is, is her closure, her eulogy. Cause we never really got that with Andalite Chronicles, yeah. right? Like or not, wrong Chronicles. Chronicles. Yeah. Chronicles. Um, and, and yeah, you're, yeah, go ahead. you're correct. No, that, that's, a, that's a great observation because the Hork-Bajir Chronicles does end with basically Aldrea and Dak arm around each other's waist, staring into the uncertain future as the as the the nanovirus, as the gene virus sort of yep. spreads through the jungle. And then on that bleak moment of uncertainty, smash cut back to Tobias around the Hork-Bajir campfire, where Jara Hammy is is finishing the bedtime story as the as the sun mm-hmm. peaks up over the horizon at dawn, you know? Mm-hmm. So we we didn't ever get closure. The only closure that we had till this book was that Aldrea made a choice with an uncertain and you know un uncertainly would, hopeful outcome. It was the legacy. We got the legacy as closure, mm-hmm. right? Like, okay, we we, yeah. we get Toby as closure. Yeah. Not necessarily like you know because like that's what that's what some people get sometimes. It's just like. Yeah. Nobody is actually going to know your story ever, really. Like, you know, yeah. even the, the people that you're closest with aren't going to know every single detail of your death and, and who you were as a person, because that's impossible. Only you know that. Um, but the things that you do and the things that you leave behind give everyone hints. Um, so Andrea gets another chance at a hint uh, of letting letting the, 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 the universe know who she was. Yeah. And she gets to influence her own legacy, her own family by inspiring toby to take up the cause to feel such pride for where they come from for who they are and that fighting for that is worth it and and that's something that's not directly addressed all that much but i really appreciate was like you know 
it's a book about family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, to, not to bring it back to Fast and Fierce, but like, you know, it's a, it's a book of like, okay, all these Harpajur, they actually don't know what their home planet looks like except for toby now mm-hmm. right they, they they don't know like because like the whole horkbridger chronicles like they were hearing stories they were you know learning stuff and toby kind of got that through seer visions i right. guess yeah. and maybe she's passing that on but they it, it's the story of a of a dead civil civilization well and aldrea is kind of bringing that back yeah not even and even even toby i mean the the frame the framing device for the horkbridger chronicles is that Tobias is sucked into a trance at the voice of Jarahambi. So he's mm. not even being told the story with the true, or like not the true, but mm. the, the fluid diction of a seer. He's hearing the Hork-Bajir Chronicles in, in baby talk the whole time. Mm. The Hork-Bajir are Americans. <laughs> you know, because we're, yeah. we're we're a country that really doesn't know any of our history or origins and we try to make up one and it's very racist yeah we don't but... <laughs> have a history or origin yeah. that's and, any kind of good and and like it, it's coming to accept that right like that, that's that's the real kind of because like either you accept it or you make your own and it's kind of gross uh <laughs> <laughs> so i mean free or die is what i'll say free, on that free or die free or die um, um y'all y'all like this book oh yeah nate where does it where does it rank for you um, you know, it's not my top Cassie book, I think, but like all, all Cassie books are pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I think, how about this? It's better than all Marco and Jake books. Okay. How about that? Because I, like, those books always lay a little bit low. I think, I think Marco does have a couple of pretty good books, but yeah, in general, I, I don't connect much with the Jake books. Th- this isn't the weakest Cassie book. Yeah. I think too. Like I think, what is what is the weakest Cassie book? Probably the whale. We'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It, um, it has to do with going down under. <laughs> cool. Um, it's a, like it, it's a good book and it's a good story and it you know what it does. I think the reason why I like it, it gives more flavor to the universe and the the creatures that live there, and we get more Hercules and we want more Hercules. Yeah, like the times they've gone off planet so far. Oh, they're going to the escort world to fight a secret war with the devil. This this book gives more context to their their fight, their world, what's important to them, things they know. Right, the things that they say in that fa- uh, here I'm just going to do a little quote here. Yeah, 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 Marco yelled, "Take that, George Lucas." I really felt that. <laughs> That's an emotional emotional uh, link. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Nate, I would I would also say that uh I don't. I don't remember your your specific reaction, but I think I think the uh, the Ant Eater book is a pretty bad Cassie book. The uh, the tiny people, uh, the Helmicrons. The yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. Nate loves I, that fucking. Book. I think that there's some good things in the Helmicrons. I'll have to revisit like Marco, that because I I was not impressed by that book much. Marco trying to fuck Cassie immediately when they're shrunk was pretty good. <laughs> like honestly, I love two types of stories: really good ones and really bad ones. It's the ones in the middle that I just can't, I can do without. Okay. Okay. Um, and I think the Helmicrons crossed over that barrier, which of, is why I think you're going to love the Orca book. I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, prophecy. Oh, so what is the prophecy? What is the prophecy, Nate? Uh, other than a Christopher Walken movie, or is that the Omen? No, prophecy. Nate, what would you say is the prophecy that that is fulfilled here? Um, free or die. <laughs> Free or die. Okay, so this is free. This is the establishing of the prophecy, and not the fulfillment of it. 
Well, I mean, like, it, okay, like, there's no, like, prophecy. I mean, here's the thing. Yeah, I... <laughs> uh, there's a seer. We have a, a clear seer. It's acknowledged as a seer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Seers, they make prophecies. They do that. Okay. Um, so you, you would say th- like, the prophecy we... is Toby's promise of a brighter tomorrow. I would, yeah, I, actually, it, it probably is um, Toby. The prophecy is Toby. Okay. Like, if you want to do the Hallmark kind of soft uh, interpretation of it, mm-hmm. it is, um, okay. you know, like uh, uh, Andrew's legacy. That is the prophecy. Okay. Like, I'll, you I'll, know, I'll would, accept that. I'll accept that. Yeah. I, think, I still think it's a pretty weak title as far as. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, most definitely. The legacy would be a much I think better the title. The legacy would be much better. Do we have a The Legacy? Not that I can recall, but I am obviously not the Animorphs expert. Yeah. For this podcast, yes, but in general, no. Yeah. What about the Smash Hut? The Smash Hut. <laughs> um, the Smash Hut works for the, the, the tagline, too. Uh, you don't know what can't hurt you. So I'm <laughs> like, hey. <laughs> you don't know what can't hurt you in the Smash Hut. Yeah. You don't know. I just I just Oof. searched Animorphs.Fandom.com. The Legacy is not a title. Mm. So that, Yeah, well. I'm going to fly down to California and yell at those two old coots to get this renamed. Like, come on, Kathy Apples. Got to give it up. Come on. But yeah, this is a great one. A good one for this sure. Is a, I enjoyed this. Yeah. Knowing what's to come, this is a nice, beautiful, it's a nice, beautiful little, like, requiem. This is a good book. And it sets up a future attack of the clones. I'm, <laughs> I'm, we're going to see those clones. Yeah. Oh, God willing. God willing. Fa- Father deep willing. <laughs> Mother sky Father, willing. Yeah. Please, dear God. Uh, the trees are speaking tonight, friends. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's number 34. 34. I like this book. Drew, thank you again for joining us. This is an absolute delight. Absolutely my pleasure. T- thank you so much. Anything, anything you want to plug, plug your shit. Let the people know where they can find you. Because if you're not following Drew already, you're a fucking moron. Yeah, I I am on Twitter uh, at Henri Lefebvre. Mm-hmm. Um, I was prepared to pronounce it this time. <laughs> I had it right. It's... Uh, Ixical. <laughs> it's A-N-R-I-L-E-F-E-B-V-R-E. Lefebvre. It's a it's a really dumb play on words. Uh, if you if you DM me about it, I'll explain it. I've explained it a couple <laughs> times on uh, on my timeline, and it's just like if you know, you know at this point. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm on the Discord. I don't have anything uh, specific to plug. Um, maybe in the future, I'm working on a little a little fantasy fantasy saga of my own. Um, Hell yeah. Here, let me... A prophecy, one might say. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's the prophecy. Actually, I, I made a, a fun little dumb fourth wall breaking tweet about it. I'll I'll tweet, and if it uh if it tickles if it tickles your fancy, if you want some details, uh yeah, shoot me a DM, hit me up on on Discord, and uh, I will I will give you the deets. But here's here's the the summary of what I'm working on the uh, the teaser. A shy goblin friar, a disillusioned elf artificer an apprehensive human alderman, a frivolous merfolk sculptor, and an irascible vampire shaman walk into a bar. Bartender says, this setting setting doesn't have POV characters from Henri Lefebvre's work-in-progress fantasy novel meeting yet. Try book two. Boom. Five point-of-view characters, fantasy saga. Coming, y'all. I'm I'm excited for this alderman. Yeah. The... (laughs) Yeah, what you what you don't know can't hurt you, uh, except for a merman. He actually can. He, he can just get you. They can just get you. <laughs> the alderman is a is a sad sack. Let me tell you. 
Oh, he's, I wonder why I went right for that <laughs> one. <laughs> he's a, a depressing waste of space. <laughs> in a, in, oh, a, in a good way. In the best way. Oh, I love boy. all my characters. But, um, yeah. It's, it's, some, right. it's some nerd shit. It's, uh, it's nothing special, but I'm working on it and may have some... Uh, well, you missed your audience. There are no nerds listening. Yeah, yeah I, only I, cool chads. I know. That's unfortunately only cool chads listen to Animorphing Time. Ugh. The podcast where, once again, if you're mouth bored, we can't help you. We but if can't we're help you. Bored, stick around. Thank you so much. Stick around. Thank you, Drew. It's been a pleasure. Have a good night. Let's get the fuck out of here. Let's go to Kit Fisto's diner. Oh, oh God. sorry. Uh, da- Dax Bungo? De- De- What's his Dexter name? Jetster? Dexter Jack. Let's go to Dexter Jack. People are defending those fucking prequels. They're good. Take your seats. I'll be right with you. Hey, oh, buddy. (laughs) So, my friend, what can we do for you? You can tell me what this is. Wow. What do you know? I ain't seen one of these since I was prospecting on Subterrell, beyond the Outer Rim. Can you tell me where it came from? Thank you. This baby belongs to them cloners. What you got here is a Camino Saber Dart. 